Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Do you like beer? <laughs> what a question. Do you like free stuff? I think you know the answer on both, yeah. <laughs> do you like, you guessed it, free beer? Yes, I do, yeah. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip Eight delightful craft ales. Oh, yes, from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash kosh. And all you're going to do is cover the postage, £4.95. They are delightful as well, by the way. Yep, I'm a big fan. Do they still do the hop to pod? Oh, do they do the hop to pod? I think you can put a special request in. Favourite of all time. It doesn't stop there, though. It no? doesn't stop there. No, because you are a listener of Under the Kosh, you don't get eight beers. That's a regular offer. Because you listen to under the crush, you get 10. Give over. Oh, so you get another 25. Per- that excitement. Another 25% free. Wow. 25% free. You'll All be- you're going to do is paste the postage, 4 95 and you get the 10 beers. You'll be telling us you get snacks next. Oh, not just that. A snack and a ferment magazine so you can read all about the delicious beers that are in your box. Sometimes nice oh, to know what drink. you're drinking, innit? Where it's come from. Exactly. Exactly. I On the shitter. Pardon? <laughs> It's in the shitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, are you a big reader on the shitter, are you? Not really, but... I've got a stack of 12 ferment magazines on top of the system. Have you really? Yeah. Why not? If you didn't already know, Beer 52 are the pioneers in the world of craft ale clubs. Did you know that? I didn't. You do I, now? I, I, I do now, I, 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 I knew because I've read the magazine. They travel the globe <laughs> find the most interesting beers. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes including Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and many more. But don't think they're forgetting the roots. Oh, no. No, they still put the good old British ales in there as well. It's textbook. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, £4.95, you're getting 10 free beers. So you've got a good two hours of drinking there, aren't you, if you like a wet. Give us some maths. Oh, on that, you're looking at, you're looking at 50 pence a... Not less than 50 pence a beer, aren't you? It's value. Value indeed. Cost you more than that, don't supermarket. Oh, 100%. And the beauty is, with Beer 52, you can leave any time. If you're fancying a bit of a break, busy month, got a birthday on, christening. Can you pause your subscription? Pause your subscription. And if you don't like the uh, dark beers, you know, you can you can just tell them and they won't send you the dark ones. They'll just give you the ones that you like. So you can be selective with your choice. Oh, very selective. I'm already signed up. I've, I've signed up a while back, so I'm, I'm still getting mine regular. <laughs> so it's lovely. All you're going to do is go to www.beer52.com slash kosh and get your free case of ales. Ten ales included for just your postage, 4 95 Enjoy. Oh. 
have a good uh, have a good afternoon on them lads have a good swell or women if you like if you're into your ales how are we doing welcome back another episode Another episode. Another one, eh? Another day's work for us. Can we be more of enthusiasm, please? It's his, it's his demeanour, man. Look at him. I'm just sat relaxed. You look like you're not arsed. Pardon? You look like you're not arsed. Your body language is piss poor. Mm. I'm, ref- I'm just relaxing. Sit up, please. I'm just relaxing. Sit up, fuck it. Where do you think you're <laughs> you you army fucking geography teacher? <laughs> Sit up, arms crossed. Uh, you would t- you'll have your finger around your lip as well if you carry on. <laughs> New shirt? No, I had this one on last time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a good chance you'll have it on next time as well. <laughs> Somebody, I think you put a picture up. The one time we've had a bit, and I had that green green one yeah. on again. But someone said, "Can you um, could you order Chris a new shirt, please?" It was a polite request. Yeah. Uh, the answer no. We're not. He can get his own shirt. He's a grown man. He was good with him, McPhee. Yes. Good story to tell, didn't he? Mm. Yes. Have you yeah. have you ordered some posters? Some I've, not, I've not got anything to advertise at the minute, but when I do. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ordering from Macca. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the superhero. Picture. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. No. I'll be honest. No, it was, uh, it did make me chuckle. That he's picked up a, a fair few accents along the way, hasn't he? There's a bit of Dutch in there. You bit of Portuguese. You wouldn't tell where you were from, would you? Nah, yeah. I wouldn't have said Wales. The man of the world. Yeah. From Wales. Well travelled. He? He's Welsh, isn't he? No, he's Scottish. Oh, for me. Scottish international. Point proven. Yeah. There you go. Point proven. <laughs> there we go. Caused a bit of a stir as well, hasn't he? With oh yeah, yeah. So basically, we've had um, a, well during the during the, the episode, he said that he was he got twenty seven goals. Is that right? Yes. He got twenty seven, but um, Leon picked to the post by Leon Knight, and all I he think took all exception. Ma- to be fair, all Mac, all Mac has said was that Leon took penalties, got eleven penalties, 11 and penalties he didn't. Out of his twenty eight, and he didn't take penalties. So anyway, so I think what he was meaning was is. 27 goals with no penalties were better than the 28 goals with 11 penalties. And we weren't really bothered, were we? Whether no. I didn't no, pick up on it. I wasn't asked. You were, oh yeah, you'd switched off. But anyway, some fella, some listener, has Snapchatted Leon and said that under the cosh are throwing shade again. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what it means. What does throwing shade mean? Throwing shade, is it? Do you think he just spelt shit wrong? Throwing shade, we? Yeah, there'll be a total eclipse if he carries on. And like, it was just a proper, he grasped us up for, for something that we hadn't done. If we're going back, if we're being childish. And he basically said that, we, uh, McPhee said that he should have gotten the golden boot. So Leon tweeted us, not it's happy. The, it's the oi at the start of it. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and I need to, we need to Google what suck your mums means. Suck your mums underneath. Mm. I don't understand. Does he mean un- underneath her feet or underneath her second chin? I don't know. Her armpit? But honestly, nobody's bothered. Yeah, well, we weren't bothered, were we? Like, take not. Leon, if you want the golden boot, you can have it. Yeah. I still yeah. like him. Yeah, somebody said, um, it's not Park, you're going to get the shit this week, it's you. So you Why? must have said, I don't know, I don't know. I'll have what to did I say? Back. I don't don't, don't I th- backtrack me, you don't I know think, where you live. You've got to own it, but I think you went, ooh, like that. Ooh, 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 sorry, Leon. So, <laughs> so obviously we spoke about him today, so whenever this whenever this goes out, I'm sure we'll get another oi. Yeah. Oh, and in the meantime, I'll be suckling my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Suck your mum's underneath. What a what an insult, eh? Well, what a suck your mum's underneath. 
Another good win on Who Knows Wins this week. Two, were there? Two. Six hundred and just shy of six hundred and fifty pounds. Fair play to the lads that won because that was a tough. I'm league. getting worse, me. I think I got three this week. Three. Yeah. Three out of ten. I'm on it. This just, week. A, just I'm going to do my research. I'm on it. I'm taking. I'm taking the pot home. Just an update on John's um, body language and stance. The two hands have now gone above <laughs> the head, <laughs> while sprawled out over two seats. It's because we're talking. Talking. Is, is who knows when? This is his favourite part, isn't it? Yeah, I do like the This is his favourite bit. I'm a big fan of it. Nine, no. Did they get nine out of ten? They got nine out of ten, so it's getting tough. The eight. Yeah, Rangers got beat, didn't they? So yeah, it would have been nine, I imagine. If, That's uh, impressive Rangers. stuff, that lad. Yeah, it's. Just, I, I don't know. You'd think that I'd, that we'd know a lot about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. But we're fucking crap. Crap at it. Stop bringing us down, will you, mate? I was up there. What did you get? Five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so me and you added together would have only would have only <laughs> thing would have only been joint top, wouldn't we? So the new league's out now. Yeah, you've gone yeah. up early this week, haven't we? Yeah, we've gone in early. So get involved. See if you can uh, win yourself a bit of moolah. Just tell your tell your pals because it's 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 just a great concept. And as I said, we people are winning big money now. Yeah, but I, it's just the interest for me. Yeah, I oh, should not bother about winning. So if you win it, you're going to get back. I'm bothered. Yeah, but for a five, it's, I'm getting a good afternoon. Two days, yeah. yeah, two days entertainment. Yeah, so if you want to get involved, all you got to do is go to the iTunes or Google Play and download the Unos Wins app. Get in, get in there and. Uh, the under the cost league is there. Deposit your fiver, pick your games, Put and your money hopefully, in the pot. hopefully, scoop the cash. Scoop, scoop the cash. Enough. The way he's going on, I think he'll be on like the the, the official advert for who knows wins <laughs> TV ad With between Coronation up. Street. You could scoop the cash. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. One of my old mates in today, lads. Oh yes, who's that? John. <laughs> You know exactly who it is, you just can't pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, John Otsemabor. Yeah, Norwich. Norwich. I played with him at Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was at, uh, I was at Norwich with Semi. Hell of a lad. Good lad. Great lad. I wouldn't like to mess with him, right? No? No, he's a big Why, brother. you think you, you make his Semi a, a full-on? <laughs> yeah. Make it a, a hard-on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you I didn't think that. that joke would get any worse, then. And <laughs> <laughs> you brought it right on. I wouldn't like to mess with a Semi. That's what you just said, really, <laughs> isn't it? You have many nights out with him, or yeah, he's not a big he's not a big boozer. Is he not? Nah, he likes a night out, but we never. We'll speak about it in the thingy, but we just we got on really well. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a bromance going on. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your main, what were your main thing in interest? What were your main common interests? FIFA. Fucking FIFA. You weren't expecting that, were you? Uh, FIFA. You grown men. Um, no, back then we were twenty two. Oh, oh, it's no, all right then. I've got no excuse now. I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> still meet up with him online. Yeah, that. Nah, yeah, you do. We're headset on. I'll ask him. Like, wait a see minute. If he's still Reverse. We were, we, were, we were 22. So, so that's all right to still be playing <laughs> professional football at 22, and you're playing FIFA. I don't yeah. think the age. Yeah, the thing is, you cannot win, can you? If we're out drinking and eating, drinking, dancing, yeah. and cavorting. Should we get him in then? Mm-hmm. Semi, jump. Awesome. 
How are we doing? Semi, is that a... Are you saying semi because you can't pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. That's semi-bar, John. John? Semi for sure. Semi-bar. Thanks for coming, pal. No worries. I mean, David Norris was in good nick, wasn't he? Yeah. David Norris, he's a PT now, isn't he? Yeah. You've taken it up a notch. Do you think so? Yeah. I've got two tops on as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're looking well. You're looking very well. (laughs) Again, we stuck some questions out, mate, and... When did you stick the questions out? Yesterday. Double Um, figures... Double Pe- figures. People just saying, what Sink. happened when he got shot in the ass? <laughs> Official cap in the ass. You know, it was, i tell you what, it was 2000 and, I'm going to say 2002. Yeah, it was 2002. And you were at Liverpool, weren't you? Yeah, I was at Liverpool. I was 20, 21 years of age. I played in the first team one game before, I think that season earlier on, Southampton in a cup game um, I was inv- I was involved with the first team but no you know when you're involved with the first team you travel everywhere with them and you, like you're more joey. like yeah you're basically a joey you go <laughs> you, you're going for the experience you're not really going because you're involved so I was involved that way who's Coach, manager at this point Gerard Ullier Gerard Ullier Phil Thompson and Sammy Lee I think was there oh, yeah. I was doing well in the reserves um, I was cl- I wouldn't say I was I, th- I was closer than I was close to getting in the first team, closer than I thought at the time. Um, but it was my it was a friend of mine's his missus had just had a baby, so we were going out to, to wet the baby's head. Yeah. And there was about I'm gonna say there was about twelve twelve of us. It was an excuse. It was which it was an it was you know it was what an excuse for a full night out. Yeah, 12 basically, yeah. It was just it. I think there was something else on it that that night, and we kind of just all come together and decided to go out. And we ended up in town, but me we ended up meeting uh, my cousin, who again come with his friends, and there was about eight or nine of them. Turn into a full squad night. <laughs> yeah, so, you can, <laughs> so you can imagine there's like twenty <laughs> lads now trying to get in, in, in clubs and that, and the majority of them I did not know. Um, later on, I learned that they're obviously they were, they were not the best people to be going on nights out with. Did they look like wrong ones or not? Yeah, I can't remember, because I can, I, it was so long ago now, I can, I can remember vaguely like um, bits of what happened, but there was one club we got in, <coughs> and when we got in there, it was, it was just chocker. You, you, you know what? You could sense the vibe as in like, you know, when you go in a place and you think to yourself, I shouldn't really be in here. Yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, but it's not, it'll do, do you know what I mean? I'll have a drink and I'll just crack on and I'll get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend, yeah, he's passed away now. He, he was having trouble with another lad in there that I knew. And the lad came to me and said, listen, Sam, would you have a word with your mate? Every time I see him out, he's eyeballing me and he, he like he's, he's, He's basically starting trouble for no reason. So I'd I'd approach my friend now and said, "Listen, I know him. Like, there's no need to be pulling faces at him and causing trouble. We're on a night out, whatever, whatever." And my mate at the time, he was he was a bit reckless. As in, like, once he's had a drink, he if there was trouble, nine times out of ten, he'd, he'd be in the middle. Is this of it. He's passed away. Yeah, he's passed away now. Um, so I remember going to the toilet and coming back and one of the girls that was with us she's come up to me she said john john someone just passed tony a gun and tony's my mate so i've gone up to tony someone's passed him a gun someone's passed him a gun 
So I've gone up to my mate, and this is what I'm saying about me mate, like if there was trouble and he'd had a drink, he'd be like, he'd be in the middle of it. So like, I've gone up to, I've gone up to my mate and I've said, why have you took anything off any of these lads in here? I said, you don't know them. He said, he's given me, he gave me a gun and I passed him it back. I said, what did he give me a gun for? He said, the lad that I was arguing with, he doesn't like him either. I said, so what, so we give you a gun and expecting you're gonna shoot somebody in the middle of the club? <laughs> And he went now, nah, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's kind of come to his senses. Fair play to him, and he's passed the kid the comeback. But me and Tony have got into an altercation now because I'm pissed off at him. Like, I wouldn't say he was trying to act Jack the lad, but there was just no need for what he for for him even thinking like that. Would he listen to you? Was could you calm him down? I think yeah. I think I could. I think he would listen to me, especially. Well, I think yeah. He, he, I know for a fact he, he would listen to me. So we've been arguing in the club. And I've kind of like pinned them against the wall as if to say, don't be taking nothing off none of these lads. We don't know any of them. You don't know what they're, um, you don't know what they're up to. You don't know what they do day to day. Why have they got guns in here anyway? So the lad. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, the it's, lad like, it's like a <laughs> film, isn't it? It's the like, I'm sure that the lad, called OK Corral. The lad, that, the lad that's passed Tony the gun has seen me now arguing with Tony and not knew who I was. Pulled the gun out and shot me. Yeah. What? <laughs> So he's pulled the gun out and shot me. Now, I remember being in the club and, and I remember like, it was like fireworks going off, you know, like. You shout out to Sean Carmen's in there. You got the gun out and shot me. now because I'm still standing here, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, all right. so it was like <clears throat> fireworks going off in the club and I remember everyone just scattering, just running, running, running. And I've ran, I've, I've ran downstairs and I don't know how I've ended up. I've ended up in the basement of the club but my mates followed me down and he was going, what's that? He went, someone's pulled out a gun out and started shooting. <laughs> and so I've said to my mate Dean, I was like, Dean, I think I've been shot. He went, what? He, so he, he, he turned me around and he checked me. He's gone, what are you on about? And I felt you, I can't explain the feeling that he had, but it was like there was something inside of me that says, listen, you something's it's actually a, a bullet, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the bullet in me, yeah. <laughs> there was something inside of me, yeah, a bullet. <laughs> So I remember checking myself and I remember putting me me hands down like the back of my jeans and the best way to describe it is if if you dip your hand in paint, like if you dip your hand in a tub of paint you come out and it's like all your fingers are covered, that's what it was like but it was blood. So I just went into absolute hysterics then because I was thinking, fuck, is he upstairs? Is he waiting for me outside? Like what happens when I come out this club like? Do you know what I mean? I need to get out this club and get somewhere where I kind of feel safe. An hospital, I would say. Well, <laughs> so hospital would probably be your first part to call. It gets even worse than this. <laughs> and then I, I get out, I get out the club, and I'm sitting down on the, um, on the, on the side outside. But I was trying to blend it so like nobody knew kind of what had happened. And then where I was sitting, I was just like leaking blood, and someone's told someone, and next thing the ambulance and all that's come, and they've like sectioned it off, but they. What was worse is that they ripped my jeans off in the street, yeah. <laughs> so I'm lying in the street, like basically fucking bollocko. And I'll never forget, like the the um, the paramedic that come over to me. He was only really young. I remember looking at his face, and he kept putting his his fingers on me pulse on my neck. I was going, "Am I all right? Am I all right?" And he just kept checking me pulse. I'm just checking your pulse. I'm thinking, "Am I gonna drop dead here?" Like, you know what I mean? I'm asking you, "What's what's happened?" Like, I know I've been shot, but I didn't know where I've been shot. I thought, "Ah, oh, to me back." I don't know where it was. So they put me in the um, in the ambulance and they flipped me over, checked me. She was the woman was saying, "You're lucky; it's passed right through you." So 
basically it, it got in by my asshole, yeah, and come out and miss me hip and come out the side of me. And so when I was in hospital, I was thinking my head was working overtime because the police had come in and there was a lot of like, let's say wrongings in that club that night. So they thought I was involved with it all, whatever was going on in the city at that time. So I was panicking. I was thinking to myself, like, do I stay in hospital? Do I sign myself? I was like, I didn't want to be there. And then I heard this, this, I had this like this commotion like from the the bed next door, so I've got up and I, I've I've heard lads that were in the club that night. I thought that's weird, so I've gone in and there was this lad there and he had his, his whole hand bandaged up, and I looked at him. I thought I I, I seen him I seen him like, like tonight in the club, and he looked at me and he went, Are "You all right?" And I went, "Yeah." He went, um, "See what happened to me?" I went, "What?" He went, "I was standing next to you," and I went, "What do you mean?" The bullet came through me, and took his finger off. So we had he had a missing finger in the club in, in the hospital. It wasn't in your ass, were it? <laughs> <laughs> he stuck his finger off. So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, like did someone just come in the clubs like spraying up the club? I didn't know what had happened. And then there was an, there was another lad that came in. That was he was in the club as well, but I knew of him. I knew him from around the area and all that. And he came in limping, and I said, "What happened to you?" He said. The kids that shot you have just shot me. And I was like, oh, this is this is fucking mayhem. So I literally just signed myself out of hospital, got me crutches, um, and went home. And then later on, I found out that it, it was basically a mistaken identity. They didn't know who I was. And the lad that, he was only a young lad at the time. I think he was around about 16, 17. He was really young. But I think he was trying to impress the older lads that he was knocking about with by carrying the guns for them. Um, he's seen an opportunity to use it and decided to shoot me. So did you not yeah. feel it go in then? I didn't, listen, Parker didn't feel a thing. The, the only reason I started panicking is when I seen the blood, because it was more the shock, do you know what I mean? Of like, not knowing, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, the brandy I was drinking was great, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was numb to a lot of it. <laughs> it happened at eight o'clock before yeah. the brandy. If it would have happened like, before I had the brandy, I'm so telling good. you now, I'd still be feeling it now. But um, yeah, I, you know what? It, I can laugh and joke about it, but I was so fortunate as in, if the bullet would have hit me hip, I would never have played again. Mm. And that was at 21, do you know what I mean? So like, my career would have just been, it would have been then done that night. It, it wasn't so much, with Liverpool and the little bit of trouble I had when I was young, it wasn't so, like that, what people say is like, uh, I've got, a, I don't know whether I've got a reputation of being a twat when I was, uh, I was young at Liverpool, but, them situations like I, I couldn't I could have avoided that by not going out that's the only way I could have avoided it but it was the I got how can I explain it that the 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 time the papers and all that they were they were saying I was involved in gangs around Liverpool have they just put two and two together and the, got five then yeah basically but what had happened not long like I'd I'd check myself out at hospital and and then I went to into the training ground the next day and obviously when I told the physios and that, he's like, what are you doing for? Because the injured lad goes in and Sunday, I was like, I can't, I got shot last night. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> and my hamstring is killing me because I've got a bullet in my ass. I've <laughs> got, got a little calf, I don't know. No, I, I got shot last night. I can imagine the physios like, go on, fuck off. What, what yeah, really that's what happened? he said. I think it was Dave Galley, I think his name was at the time. He was like, what? Looking at me. 
Michael Owen was sitting on the bench and he was like, you got shot. And I was like, I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Owen sat on the bench. And um, <laughs> checked me. And you know what? To be fair, I was injured for, I think it was 10 days I was out for because it was just an open wound. There was nothing you could have done about it. But after that, where I was living at the time and speak, well, where I'm from is, um, it's a bit of a rundown estate and there was a, you're doing well for yourself, do you know what I mean? I was I was playing for Liverpool and I was kind of doing quite well for myself and I bought a brand new BMW not long after that and somebody went and burned the car out while it was up my mum's path and again, the, the, the press at the time, they jumped on it and said it was gang warfare and I was involved in gangs again. So it kind of, like I said, it was more of, I was I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. But it was like it didn't need to happen. But the carry-ons after that, I really didn't need. Yeah. Like the, the the burning of the car, and I remember Phil Thompson pulled me, and he was like, "What was you doing in that club?" And I said, "Why Robbie Fowler got filled in there like a few months back by the doorman, absolutely weighed him in." So, and if I would have knew that anyway, I probably would have just gone. yeah, I wouldn't have gone. You know what I mean? So thing is, if the article said John was out wetting the baby's head with eight of his friends and family, it yeah, just completely I mean. yeah. diffuses any. Nobody usually gets shot at a christening, though, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I've I mean? never been to christening with the people to put the guns on the table. You know what I mean? oh, fucking hell, they're weighing me down, then. Um, <laughs> and and you, know, I, you know what? I don't even think anybody got arrested for it. I don't. I remember the, the police contacted me like four or five years later saying that they were closing the case, but other than that... Um, what was the manager but, like with you? Yeah. Just, uh, you know what you had to do, lady? He was away at the time. And he, I think... When he came back, I remember I was I was on the bike and um, he was to be fair, Jared Dooley was really good with me. I, Phil Thompson had given me a bollocking and Sammy Lee, and so I was, was kind of like waiting for the bollocking off Boulier. But when he came back, I was on the bike and he was like, <laughs> he came in and went, um, "How's your ass?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "It's okay." <laughs> and he went and he just asked, he basically asked me what happened, and he was really good. He was really supportive. He said, "Look, I know obviously stuff happens, and you just need to be." aware of it more now I'm, and you know we've all been young we've we've done stupid things and like I said shit happened but I was I, I was very fortunate in, in that situation how did that first conversation go with Phil Thompson like Phil Thompson Sitting was just mad he was just what happened yeah he was he was just mad like because you don't need the young lads bringing any yeah any attention to the football club like that especially when it's involved with guns and gangs and shootings and stupid stuff so he was he was he was the most pissed off at me Sammy Lee was pissed as well um and and you know what I, I I was getting like I said I was getting in little bits of trouble outside the football club that didn't help that situation so it just made the whole thing look a lot worse than it actually was um, and but with many players in the world that have Being got into shot. treatment office with <laughs> yeah. a gunshot wound. No, well, they give me as well a plaster, you know. They give me that. <laughs> <laughs> they give me nothing, a plaster, that was it. I was like, I don't know, could have got a medal or something. <laughs> the bravery award. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking mad. That's madness, isn't it? Well, I think I think I don't feel you're the first, and I think you're probably going to be the last <laughs> that's going to talk to us about getting shot on this show, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Do you think that went against you? Though? Well, no. This is the thing. I got in. I never played so many games until after that because Jamie Carragher um, broke his leg and Steve Finnan was injured, so they had no other right back by me. 
and um, I went in the team and I did really really well off the back of that so I wouldn't say it hindered me as in my performances and me getting in the first team I don't think it hindered me at all I just it created a persona about me that I didn't really need at the time as a young lad playing for Liverpool. So you didn't, you need, a, you didn't need to kick up the arse, you just needed a bullet up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, if you can, I think they were leaking goals at the time, and he thought, if you can stop bullets, you can stop a few goals. Threw <laughs> 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 me right in the defence. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like, the, the gossip went around changing, changing? Oh, you know what? I've heard, I've heard it, like, the rumours that have come from that were just, like, the, the most pathetic stories I've heard that I was carrying guns myself, that I was going to shoot somebody, and just just random people just talking absolute nonsense. Uh, can we see your scar? Do you want to see it? Yeah, let's have a look. Over now, like. I think the f- first time I met him, I think you did, first time I met you, you pulled your kegs down. Went, look, have a look at this. It's not a bad one, is it? No, it's only there. See? It's close over now, like. Mate, you were saying, like... You were looking at it. I like the band. Are they right from? You never know when you're going to get shot, do you? Hey, got some nice pants on, but off the glug. You were saying like you, your career could have been in doubt. You could have been killed. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? I, that, that's what I was saying before. You, when you're when you're twenty twenty one and and like you can laugh and joke about it now, but going back then, I was so fortunate. You know what I mean? Like I. I couldn't imagine if, God forbid, if, I, if I would have, something serious would have happened, but if I wouldn't have played football again, like I wouldn't be here talking to you. Like, God knows what direction my life would have went in because it would have been taken away from me because mm-hmm. once I get hit in the hip and shatter your hip, you, you know yourself, you're not, you're not doing much, are you? Fuck so, me, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some story. Some story to start. <laughs> that's what I'm kind of, I wouldn't say remember for, but that's the first thing people ask me when they want to know. It's like, tell me about when you fucking got shot. Oh you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't mind. So stereotypical, like, aren't we? <laughs> like, um, everywhere I went with, with football then, do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, when I moved to the football club, it'd be like, should we, right, get, should we get this shooting story out of the way now? <laughs> or should we wait well, instead of doing a song initiation, you just told the shooting story. <laughs> Friday night, hotel. Yeah. I had the same with the sex tape. Every you club know, I signed for, they always, asked you, they always asked you about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think people... On I a think, much less level than getting shot in the arse, like. Did you calm down after that? I know you say you weren't doing what people You know what? I, th- I think it was just a very, very unfortunate year for me. Um, like everything that was kind of going wrong for me was kind of going not so much on the field on the field I was doing really well but everything outside the football club was just going wrong for me yeah. um, it's mad isn't it because you, you'll have had your mates caught. from school and that and sorry you'll, you'll have had your mates from school that's, and that's the they thing might I've, get caught up in a bit of trouble <laughs> or whatever and you just get that's what I mean and I, I grew up with like my friend. You know what? When as football, you you don't realise what you've got when you you're such a young age, and sometimes it can be beneficial for you to whether it'll be get out of the area or stop knocking about with the people. But at 18, 19 years of age, you don't know no difference. No, you Do you understand? They're just, they're just they're your friends. You went to school with them. They're yeah. still you're playing football, but they're still your friends. And when they're doing whatever they doing over weekend or through the week, you need to have the discipline to say. Well, now nah, this is not for me now. Do you know what I mean? I'm on a different path, and sometimes I got mixed up with that. Whereas, like, I would be going out to the wrong places and and hanging around with the wrong crowd, and still being able to go and train the next day. And I found that balance at times where I could do both and and find myself in unseen circumstances at times. 
But uh, I mean, like it was just. And, and another thing, going back to, to the to the friend situation, I remember one time when uh, I got arrested at Liverpool. I um, I was I was driving home, minding my own business as usual, <laughs> and there was a club name near near my mum's house. It was it was like a bar slash club, and. I, me, I knew my friends were in there, and as I was driving past down the road, I've come to the set of lights, and there's my friend in the road on his back fighting with some lad. I'm thinking, what the hell is it like? Is that I'm looking over thinking, is, is that actually my mate? So I drove round him because the fighting in the season, I realised it's my mate, but he's getting jumped on by another two lads. So I've parked the car up, I've jumped out the car, I'm fighting with these lads now in the street. And then our other mates have come out of the club and we're fighting with these lads. And I, that was just my natural reaction. I just see my mate and I thought, oh, shit. Like, you didn't think about, oh, fuck it, what, what think, could happen here? Yeah. <laughs> your mate's getting filled in, you're, you're going to go and help him, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I, did, I didn't think nothing of it. And then um, a few days later, the police have come into the football club and arrested me on um, GBH charges, is it? Like... So that didn't I, help it. No, obviously didn't. <laughs> and I didn't know. I couldn't get my head around what it was for. And then once I found out who, who the lads were, what they were basically doing, they basically they had a, a trouble with me mates in the club. They followed me mates out the club, filled them in. Um, obviously, I've came along. Well, I've seen them. I've tried to help me my friend out, but they knew who I was. A few days later, what they tried to do, they tried to get me arrested. Um, well, they did get me arrested. But they were trying to um, get money out of me to drop the charges. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. So basically, they they just wanted money because guns, bribery, anything. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> no wonder, so, he's no wonder, a good lad. No wonder fucking Jedi Willie was scratching his head. What did they actually I'm say to you? No, what what it was is that they pulled me and said, "Listen, well, they arrested me and said, um, obviously, they told me the time and the situation. They said that there was CCTV footage of me beating this lad up or these lads up." But I knew there wasn't. So I, 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 when they arrested me and, and they said that they, they were looking into pressing charges against me and they said that they had the footage, I knew it was a bit weird because, like I said, I knew, knew there was no footage there. And I got hold of the lads through a mutual friend and basically they just said, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll drop the charges if you pay us X amount of money. And then that's why I just I knew then it was bollocks and I, I went in and told the fo- football club, I said, listen, these are just trying to get money out of me. Like there's no truth in it at all. Um, and there wasn't. Well, obviously we did have a scrap, like, but there was no, there was no CCT footage, and nothing really came of it. But again, it, it just and this was all. This was all in a eight month period at the football club. This was all just before I got into the first team. You see, yeah. so I think I think at the time going back, I think Jared Dule was might have been scrambling a bit for players because Carragher had just broke his leg and Finnan was out. And so we had no choice but to put me in, and because I was playing well, I kind of was picking myself. I think if they wouldn't have had their injuries and I was carrying on the way I was doing, I think I, they would have probably yeah, got at me a long time ago, yeah. It must have been hard, though, especially with the reputation that you'd built up. Then going into that Liverpool first team, your Owens, your Eskies, were you apprehensive or just strutted, no problem? No, I think... It's been shot, man. What's, what, I, I, what's I, playing I, in front I, of fucking 60,000 when you've been I was, shot? I was, I was very confident when I when I was young at Liverpool. I had confidence and respect that I thought if I could get in the team, I'll I'll do well. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say it was arrogance. I, I said I was I was confident. Um, I didn't play that many times. I was involved a lot, but I, I didn't I didn't play that many times. 
I was hoping to stay under Jared. I think I would have stayed if Jared Hule would have would have um, would have stayed at the club. It's but, good that he stuck with you though, isn't it? Really, yeah. You could have easily fucked him off. You know, you know what? You mm. get your fire managers like you probably do yourself, and and they take to some players. Do you know what I mean? There's there's not really some players can do bad in some managers' eyes. And I think Julia, he, he took to me, you know what I mean? He, he liked me and he liked to see how I improved. And I think my off-field altercations, he didn't, you know, he, it was more of a slap on the wrist from him than... So you just put him down to being, you, you put him down to you being young and I do learning. personally, yeah. I mean, we've all, we've all done things going back and thinking back to them, uh, would I have done, I wouldn't do that now, do you mm. know what I mean? When it's 24, 25, you, would, you wouldn't catch me in, in a nightclub there or... If I if I know there was going out and there was like 10, 12 lads from the city as well that I didn't really know, I, yeah. I would have given it a wide berth, yeah. Well, anybody who you didn't like, and the first thing you just thought, what it, is it? You know what? There were, the, the French lads, like, I remember Anthony Letalic, he just, I think it was because the likes of me, Mellon, and all that, we, we grafted our balls off to get to the first team, and back then the emphasis was on. The, for the young foreign players, do you know what I mean? It mm. was like they were showing up everywhere, especially the French. There was, was a Pongo, was a Pongo, Pongo as well. There was, there was loads of them that came during the time I was there, and they wasn't necessarily, they wasn't necessarily better than us, but they definitely got treated better than yeah. us. They got better contracts. They got looked after more. They, they, they had more opportunities in the first team, and. That it didn't bother me at time because I just thought like you just get your head down and you work on yourself. But when a lot of the French players came in, especially the Talik and he were walking around the dressing room, but so arrogant and cocky, mm-hmm. it just it drove me up the wrong way. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't engage with them, so I wouldn't engage. I wouldn't even get engaged in a conversation with them because. I just, I just don't like you. Yeah. You know he I mean? came to Sunderland then, Latala. Did he? Yeah. Mick McCarthy signed him. It's got to be one of his worst. I, I just wouldn't never have said Mick McCarthy would sign Latala. Like you say about just, the just, just he was kind of a, like a striker slash number ten, wasn't he? Yeah. But, but he yeah. just wasn't suited to. We were like bottom of the league, shite, and he just came and just strolled about. Yeah. Mick tried to get all of them in that, but he just was embarrassing. Yeah. Just didn't bother his ass. <laughs> He was just on his holidays. Yeah, it was. It was weird. What in Sunderland? Yeah, no, I was in the Bean and the Kingside in Newcastle. You can think of better destinations than Sunderland for your holidays. <laughs> guy. I just can't. I'm surprised he signed him, man. You get with Juf. He's propped up a Juf, few times. I tell you, Juf. I tell you, the Juf. Um, the first time he landed at Liverpool, I don't know. What the, I don't know why he just. He decided that I would be his driver. I was a young lad. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically right dressing room. I'll have you. You can be my driver. I can take a bullet. I was a kid. You need a driver who can take a bullet for you, don't you? Bulletproof Jeep. You're going to get a job over in Canada with Meghan Markle and William as personal security. Yeah, so you can't. He asked me to take him to. There was a shop in Liverpool. He asked me to take him to a clothes shop. It was called Wade Smith at the time. I couldn't speak a word of English. I couldn't speak. He was explaining to me. And I said, you know what? I'll just take you. So in the end, he obviously must have thought I was his personal fucking driver. So anytime he <laughs> wants to go somewhere, and if you think of me, go with Sam. You come to get me for training? I'm like, no. You, know <laughs> you live the other side of the city. <laughs> he just decided I were his driver. And so... Um, 
I didn't mind. We, once he started speaking English, we actually clicked and we, we kind of got on. But there was this one occasion I had a flat in town in, uh, in the Albert Dock. And we had training the next day. We had training the next day. And Jufi had been to me flat before, never stayed. He'd like been and we in and out the flat or whatever. And it was about two o'clock in the morning. And I've heard me buzz going, thinking, who the fuck is this waking me up at two o'clock in the morning? So I had like an intercom thing and I've clicked it and I've seen Jufi's big staff dead. Staff dead, not there. Do you want to be seeing at two in the morning? And I was like, what do you want? He's going, Semi, open the door, open the door. And so I thought, fuck. So I've opened the door. And then I've heard them coming up in the lift, and the lift opened, and I'm being funny. There must have been about ten people with him. <laughs> yeah, this is two o'clock in the morning, so I've opened the door. He's come in. There's like four different girls, two of his mates, then another two scraggling girls come up, and I'm just looking at him like that. I'm standing there in my fucking shorts, thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" I said, "What are you doing?" He was going, "We party, we party." I was going, "We're partying." fucking three o'clock of a Wednesday fucking morning. I said, what are we partying for? I was going, we've got training in the morning. He's going, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Starts cracking up on bottles of booze and all that, giving them to all the girls. And I'm just sitting there thinking, how have I managed to become his driver? And now he's, he's using me. I'm washing his, I'm washing his he's using, he's using me flat as a shag pad. You know what I mean? It's just got... So I, just, I said to you, I said, listen, you do whatever you're doing, yeah. I'm going to bed because we've got training in the morning. So I've I've shut my door. I've put like my table and that up against my door. I thought, I can't be asked anybody coming in this room. And I ended up nodding off. I woke up at like eight o'clock in the morning. We had training at 10. And there was like, after people had left, there was like a girl sleeping on my sofa. There was another two girls in the bed. There was another lad on the sofa. And they were all French. So like I'm trying to wake them up. You couldn't speak. They didn't just looking at me as if to say, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> you know I mean? I'm like, "You have to go. I'm going to sleep." <laughs> Come on G- now, you made your fun. <laughs> Clear G- off, lads. You made your fun. Jufi was him. Jufi had gone. Don't know what time he'd gone. And so in the end, they couldn't even understand me. I've had to leave them in my flat and go training. So I've got strange foreigners in my flat while I'm training. I was fuming. I was thinking, Jufi, like. You don't do that, do you know what I mean? That's checking the piss a little yeah. bit, innit? So I come in, <laughs> so I come into training, and I'm like, what, what the fuck are you leaving them birds in me flat for? Do you know what I mean? Who had you? He's going, no, Sam, we'll go back after training. I'm going, no, we won't go back after training. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, get them out me flat. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> when I went back, funny enough, he'd left at the time. But me and Jufi became kind of, uh, I know a lot of people don't like him. I know people at the football club didn't like him because he did, again, he, he came across arrogant at times, but... My experience with him, like we had, we, we had a laugh. Do you know when you when you're trying to get rid of a reputation as a bad boy? Yeah, and then you befriend <laughs> El Hajj. You, like <laughs> you know, again, no, I was young, and you know what I mean. It's like when, when you're at a football club, if a senior player is asked you to do something, kind of out of respect, you do it, don't yeah. you? You don't right, just like, like you don't just say, nah, I'm not one of them. Like you kind of feel obliged to do it so because he was a new player and he couldn't speak English and I thought you know what he could have asked anyone he could have asked the French lads he could have asked you know to, to take him around the yeah. city and that so I was kind of like I, I was all right with it but the time he was there yeah he did have a, a bad especially with a lot of the fans you had a few loan spells mm. you did all right all at all yeah I scored three goals in my yeah. first three games you built a statue of me didn't you <laughs> <laughs> we played right back 
What? Were you right back? Yeah, I went from, I went there on loan. Peter Taylor was the manager. And it was great because I only had to train of a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I play over Saturday. Because I was staying up there at the time, and it was the first time, I was only 17, it was the first time I'd stayed away from home. And it was just all new to me. So we, Peter Taylor at the time, he said, you um, play for the weekend, and if we're not in of a Sunday, just come back up on the Tuesday night and train um, the Wednesdays. So it was good, I really enjoyed it. They just built the, the stadium at the time. Yeah. Was he still um, under-21s manager when you went? Ew. Taylor? No, he was the, he was the main was manager, yeah. Because when I okay. went to Hull on loan, he was... Obviously, full-time manager at Hull, but also doing the England 21s. 21. Oh, he might, he might have been then, I'm not too sure. And he said, come and sign for me and I'll put you in the 21s. 21s. Yeah, he was, he, Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that shit might have sailed now. Might, might just be out of the edge range now. Did you go to Hull, did you, yeah? yeah. Did you, yeah? Only for a month. Did you go to Bolton and now? Yeah, I went to Bolton. When oh. they were in the Prem? Yeah. I played against Bolton. And I think we, we played them in the Premier League. And then we had we had another Premier League game and then they came round like the following week again in the cup. And um I played really well in both games against them and then it was the I think it was the December it was no it was the January transfer window. And my agent rang me and said, Listen, Bolton want you to go there <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> And I I didn't want to go because I was a big Sam. Yeah, I didn't want to go because I was doing well at Liverpool and I was really feeling at home. Whether I was playing or not, I just felt really comfortable. Like, I, I, I was progressing really well. I didn't want to leave. And then I was advised that if I, if I was to go there that season, I'd get a lot more Premier League games under my belt. So, Bolton's half an hour down the road for me. I thought, at least they haven't got to move. And they're in the Premier League. I'm going to play a lot more games. So I signed for them. And the following game, they were playing Liverpool at the Reebok Stadium. So... Sam Sam, he said, listen, I'm going to sign you, but you're not playing this weekend. I'll put you on the bench. You won't come on um, as a kind of mutual respect that they're letting you come here. And then we had a reserve game on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. And he he's pulled me on the Monday. He said, listen, I want you to play in this game. You haven't played for a few weeks, this, that, and the other. And if you remember, Sam used to play like a 4-3-3. And he only played me up front on the right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Brownie, I swear, I was scratching my head. I was thinking, up front on the right. He was like, yes, Sam, I need you to play here. Yeah. You know who I was playing up front with? Joe Hayef. <laughs> well, World Cup winner? He's running around with his World Cup medal, yeah. <laughs> and I'm running round. On the right, like, I swear down, it's like I never kicked the ball. You know yourself, you know when you're playing different positions and, like, playing right-back or playing centre-back? Every time I receive the ball, everything's in front of me. So I was receiving the ball and the, the, guy, the manager's telling me to get me fucking feet on the touchline and all that. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? It wasn't Sam, though. The reserve manager at the time was the Al Hulma, um, Brown, what's his name? Phil Brown. Brown. Phil Brown. So he's intense anyway, do you know what I mean? So I remember him screaming at me and screaming at me and then they tagged me off after like 50 minutes. And I was like, just scratching my head. I was thinking, so I was seeing the gaffer the next day, I was like, look, I don't know if you know, I've never played right wing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play right wing. And he's like, I know, Sam. And he said, I just want to play there. I want to see if I can play there because of your pace. And I was thinking, because of my pace. So I thought, well, at least he knows now he's not going to play me right wing again. 
So the we were playing Leicester on the weekend, and he's pulled me, and I think I think it was Trevor Saint Clair was playing um, left wing. <coughs> so I was sitting in there with um, Sam Allardyce, you know, going through all like um, Trevor Saint Clair's his weaknesses and strengths and weaknesses. And it was a, it was an important game for us. So we get down the stadium, he's gone through all that. We drive down the stadium, get down the stadium, puts the team up, I'm back on the bench. I'm thinking, haven't we just sat there for half an hour just going through like me plays and all that? Like what's happened in that time from us leaving there to get into the stadium and now I'm on the bench. So I was absolutely raging. And then the Tuesday comes around again, there's another reserve game. And I thought, <laughs> there's no way on this earth he'll dare play me in that position. He's only played me up front on the left. Oh, Barry. My head fell off, right? My head fell off completely so much, right? As in, like, I, I thought, nah, I'm not even, like, I'm just making a tit of myself now because. Like I'm, okay, I'm playing, but everybody knows. You know yourself. You know it when you see a player playing out of position, like you play centre half. It's like like a fish out of water. You don't know what to do. Him. I got dragged off again, and then I went and seen him on a Monday, and I said, "Look, I said, I came here because I thought I'd I'd get more experience playing in the Premier League. I said I'm gaining nothing from playing left and right wing on a Tuesday night in the reserves. I said so. I'd prefer to go back to Liverpool." And it was Phil Brown at the time, and Sam Allardyce, he, he was never at the training ground. So I'd never approach him, do you know what I mean? I'd always have to speak to Phil. And after that, I just said, at the time, I said, listen, I'm going to go back to Liverpool. So I, I was meant to go back to Bolton, but I never, I, I just showed up back at the training ground. And what helped me is Mella did the exact same thing. So Mella was at West Ham and he wasn't getting played. So he just never went back and showed up at the training ground. So we got bollocked, we absolutely got bollocked because we were signed to other clubs. So therefore we couldn't play for Liverpool. We couldn't even play in the reserves. We just had to train there. And they were like, are you sure you just don't want to go back? And we were like, well, now nah, we'd rather stay here and train, even though we can't play games then. And when I explained my situation to um, Phil Thompson and Sammy Lee at the time, I said, look, I was playing like out of position. He, he, I felt like he took me there to try me because of my pace, to try me in other positions yeah. to see if, because I know he's done that before, you know, where he's put like, he's put, he has put right backs, right wing, and, and he've excelled and done really well. I just think it wasn't for me at the time, like you, I said. See, from a club point of view, though, that could, like, obviously, with all the stuff that's, that's gone on away from the pitch, that can be seen as like, the big time little bastards. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's that's, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean. That's so who the fuck do these think they are? They've gone on loan and then they're and just, they're just showing and they're coming back. Yeah. Who the fuck do they think? Because from are? an outside perspective of what's happened previous, you'd probably have said it would have been better for you to get your head down and just just get nod. on with it. Yeah, yeah smile think, and get on I with think, it. I think I think also for me, I didn't. I when I got approached with it, I didn't want to go anyway. Yeah. So like, I, I didn't really want to be there, and I I, I went there on the backhand of you're going to play more Premier League games. And I thought, well, even if I play three, four more, it's, it, it's better experience for me. And then I can come back to Liverpool, whatever it is, I haven't played a handful more Premier League games in the Premier League. Yeah. But like I said, when I come back and I explain the situation, the, you could see they looked at me as if to say, what the, what the fuck are you doing then? That is a bit is that- of piss taking in that you've said, I can't play, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing at right wing. And then chucking your left wing. That's, that's, a bit, that's, that's like, so they really are fucking taking the The piss only best here, you know thing I mean? about that was playing with your KF. Like playing, like 
he's a World Cup winner, do you know what I mean? And I bet you he was pissed. Imagine he's looking at me thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? I've got a World Cup medal. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here on a Tuesday night? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I've just won the World Cup. and playing up front on the Tuesday night and I've got this donkey on the left. Did you go to crew after that then? I went to crew on loan. Um, sorry, yeah, Hull was my first loan. Then I came back, I went to crew. I really enjoyed my time at crew. I think because the emphasis was on playing football, which um, at the time, it's the way Liverpool were training. Uh, and Dario Grady. Well. Dario Grady, yeah. And he was really good with us. And as soon as I went there, I played every single game. Um, he wanted me to stay, but... Well, they're being championship. Yeah, they were in the championship. Yeah. We were like... Gary Roberts? Yeah, Gary Roberts. He's a loon ball in, by the way. When I seen Gary Roberts, I just... Like I'd never come across anybody so young, so talented, and so off the banner. Like literally hiding from drug testers, not showing up for training, coming in pissed. And it was such a shame because he was so so talented. Like he was playing for England and playing against the likes of Fabregas, and he's just where he was, where he's from in Chester, I think. Um, and again, his, his circle of friends at the time, I think he just didn't realise and. I think he just he, he ran out of chances in the end, especially at crew. Um, I believe with his agents and, and Dario just getting in trouble all the time. And and and, and Dario when at the, the period I was there, Dario Dario always supported them, would always give them the benefits of the doubt. But I, th- I don't think that was for the right reasons, though. Sorry, I, th- I don't think it was for the right reasons. I don't think it was for his benefit. I think they were just trying to get him back on the pitch so they could yeah, make money they, on him. Yeah, that's they didn't try I mean. and help him. No, that's what I mean. They just wanted. They just wanted. That's what they do. Mm. That's what they do. They, they need you on the pitch so you progress, and that's how they keep the club running by the selling them. I mean, yeah, maybe the the going back. I don't know what he did in his helping personally in his personal life. I'm sure Dario would have helped him at some point with something. Um, but again, he was just anybody that you speak to about him. Like you just say, he's fucking on the bend. So um, you know, from going to Crew and seeing him at Crew, would he have been? <coughs> if he'd have been at Liverpool, would he have been seen as one of? The I don't think he would have acted like that at Liverpool, <coughs> just because of. Would he have been good enough to to comfortably handle it? You know what I mean. In the players, the players you mean in, in terms of talent? In terms of talent oh yeah, so in, terms of, in, t- yeah in, t- in terms of talent, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Gary, if if he would have been at Liverpool, I, w- I wouldn't have battered an eyelid at him. Like he's probably at the time for his age, he's probably better than a few of the lads at Liverpool. Mm. It's just that he was getting a lot of attention because he was playing in the first team. It's the same with Kenny Lunt. Remember Kenny Lunt? Mm. The same scenario when he was coming th- through. When I when I went to Crew, Kenny was round. 250 games already mm. at Crew. Um, Kenny had a few chances to move on, I think, and, and decided he wanted to stay. But I think Gary Gary had something about him, you know what I mean? He could shoot, he could tackle, he could get up and down the pitch, he'd never get tired. But it was literally just his off-field actions that yeah. of. You ever go down with him? He never got shot, though, did he? No, he <laughs> never got shot. <laughs> <laughs> So Benitez come in in that time that you were... Benitez came... But crew. Yeah, yeah. The time I was on loan um, towards the end of the season, I um, I was... Uh, Gerard Ullier, like I said, he, 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 he took a liking to me. And during the end of the season, I think I had a year left on my contract. And he pulled me and he's like, Sam, 
come and see me at the end of the season. I've got something for you. I think you're going to like it. So my fucking dick was solid. I was thinking, <laughs> I'm getting a new contract here. Like, I've got it. What else could you pull me for? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've done well in the first team and I've only got a year left on my contract. And also Mellor at the time. Mellor was negotiating a new contract. Um, so I was buzzing. And you know when you, you, you want it, like, if someone says that to you and like, a few days go by or a week goes by, you, you're itching that and you're like, what have you got for me? What have you got for me? So I remember that. So I was like, Gaffer, can I have a word with you? He's like, yeah, tomorrow, Sam, tomorrow, Sam. And I thought, oh. so this went on for about a week. And then I remember I was walking out the canteen. He's gone, Sam, come on, like that, come to my office. So like, I'm like that running the office thinking, oh, buzzing. And he went, you've done well for me this season. Yeah. And he's put a, a, a thing on the table, like a little box. I thought, fucking bit small for the contract. <laughs> 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 and I've opened it and it was a Carlin Cup medal from 2001. And I thought, oh. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, is that for me? He went, yeah, you've done really well. I thought you could have that. Um, you know what? It wasn't, was it? Was it 2000? I can't remember. They won the Carlin Cup and we was involved in the squad that time. And um, so he's giving me the medal and I'm standing there with the medal and as if to say, is that it? Like, what else is coming? And he's just looking at me with his eyes as if to say, you can leave now. What else have you got, Jerry? Yeah, I was thinking, nah. I was like, you sure? I said, this is what you wanted to give me? He was like, yeah, 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 you've done well. I was walking out and I had to swear down and looked at it. I wanted to throw it across down the fucking hall. I was fuming. I've still got the medal now, like looking back. You know, it was nice of him to give me it, but I was just, I was thinking differently then. I, I, I was desperate to stay at Liverpool. You're thinking and, he's opening his draw and yeah. putting a shit contract And then Mellor, Mellor when he signed a new contract and I was fucking fuming. I wanted to slap him. I was pissed. <laughs> 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 you should have took him to that nightclub. Took yeah. something else to that nightclub. Yeah, I'll have that contract. Night <laughs> flashed him in the nightclub. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then at the, end of, at the end of that season, he ended up getting sacked. Um, and I had a year left on my contract and then I went into I, I was desperate to I was desperate to impress the new manager as you, you know when a new gaffer comes in so I remember getting to the training ground extra fucking early like stupid o'clock early and there wasn't even a cl- there was nobody there like it was it was embarrassing like you taking a piss so I got in I remember war- um, warming up and doing my stretches and all that and, and then the manager came in and, and he met us all and then two days later, he brought another fullback in, and oh, it, he had me initials and me nickname in his whole name. Yosemi, his name was so it was J O S E M I. I fucking hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated this face. I said, of all fucking people, like he come in, like and, and a new state away, he come in, and he was basically he was going to be the third choice right back at the time because obviously he still had Steve, um, Jamie, and then it would have been him. So I knew from like two days in I thought this is the end of me now and then I went back on loan I think I went back on loan to crew and then I came back and Benita said listen um, if you can get a new club in the summer you can move on I think I had a year option as well but they didn't take it up on me Um, and going back that was the year they won the the Champions League you know when they were 3-0 down at half time and the whole squad was meant to be going to the Champions League final and I got told like two weeks before that that the, the manager didn't want to keep me so I was I was distraught obviously but also it was like it, there was a bitterness to it 
because like I thought I've fucking been here for years you know what I mean I've grafted to get uh, where I've got now I've watched players come in that necessarily aren't as good as me or me me other mates and, and get better contracts than us and, and, and take our positions and now you've been here like I know that, I know the managers got the right that when they come in they, they want to do their own things but it, it is always the young players that mm-hmm. first get the chop like when they want to save money they always look at the, the young players first so I decided not to show up for the plane for the um, for the Champions League for the Champions League Fuck me, I know that is cutting spat my dummy out that much because I was leaving the club I thought fuck I'm not going to go to this Champions League fan. only because it was like I wasn't all, all the rest of the players that were there were going to be there next year do you know what I mean and it, it felt like, like a spare part and yeah I felt like when I was like you you just don't want me here. Why am I going back now? Because of the way that the final and everything well, played out. Miss a decent game, didn't you know it? what I mean? It was like I look back and now it's my biggest regret. But if they would have got stuff, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But I remember being in uh, Yates um, with me. You could have been in Istanbul and you went to Yates. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Remember being in Yates on the brandy again. <laughs> and I. Um, I remember sitting there with me. I remember sitting there with me mates, and these lads, these Liverpool fans. I remember them looking at me. Just I'll never forget it. Like they looked at me and like just shook their heads as if say, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And I was just sitting there thinking, it was like three two, and then it went three all, and then when he won, I've never felt like I can't explain the feeling of missing out on something. And you know, seeing all the lads on the pitch, like the likes of Zach Mellon and all that, holding the trophy, they've all got the pitches now, and it's like. That's something I could never ever mm. get back. Do you know what I mean? And that again, I think it was. I hope it was. I hope it, it was two for one Wednesday in years. Every It was. A double for an extra fifty. Like I said, I think it, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Um, it was a lot to do with me ego and, and being bitter. Do you know what I mean? I think. I'm, Liverpool fan. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool. So yeah. did you did you celebrate? Where they won it, and do you feel deflated? You know, or you know what? I've never, be, I've never been at a football club where whether I'm not playing or I've fell out with managers or not, or what where I've not wanted them to do well because they're still my teammates. You know what I mean? I still want them to do well. So, and being a Liverpool fan, I wanted them obviously to win. I just, just the reflection of not being there. Just the, the reflection of not being there afterwards yeah. is like a thorn in my side. Knowing that I just, it was just basically. Because I was bitter over the fact that I wasn't getting a new contract, that I, I didn't go out there. I do get why you felt like that, though. No, it's weird. It's like, and, and, and again, looking back, I, w- I was young. Do you know what I mean? I was inexperienced and thinking, I've still got my old career out of me, and you know, I go on to do different things. And you're not thinking that at the time, I didn't even think Liverpool were going to win the Champions League because yeah. AC Milan were playing so well and. Um, the players they had at the time and looking back at the game it was it was such an Half-time, unusual game you know what I mean right. there was people there was people yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like these fuck off buzzing nothing <laughs> 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 anything worse than been in Turkey at half time and then texting Mel texting Mel I bet it's fucking shit in it and then when full time come I was on suicide watch me I was struggling I was thinking fuck's sake I should have went out there but um, yeah, that was the, like I said. It was down to just being a bit bitter and, and angry at the situation that I wasn't going to be there next year. Somebody said something about um, 2006 pre-season at Crew. 
You didn't turn up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't turn up. It wasn't I didn't turn up. What a, what had happened that crew? And what they used to do during pre-season. Has you signed permanent to crew? Yeah, it's you signed, signed permanent now. Dario, um, you'd have so many weeks off. Uh, this was me. This was my first pre-season at crew. So whenever I'd been here on loan, obviously I'd done my pre-season at Liverpool and obviously just gone there to do the training and play the games. And so it was my first pre-season there. And what I didn't know is that after so many weeks at crew, you had to come in like three times a week, regardless of how many weeks would... To, I think we went back like the end of June or something, roughly around this time. So you had so many weeks off and then you had to go in like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday for like conditioning. Um, I didn't know about it, like didn't know about it at all, and I got the I got the dates mixed up on on when we went back to pre season. So the whole time, as you know, I changed my phone number all the time. <laughs> I didn't have contact with anybody like during the whole summer. I just thought I've got me six eight weeks off. I go back on the date. I'll do my training away from the thing. The whole time. The club and everyone was trying to get hold of me. Like you've had so many weeks off now, so you'd have to come and do the three days a week. So I didn't show up for them, and then I showed up late for pre-season. It was only like four days late. <laughs> <laughs> only, only four. But it was it was a boy, Michael Higdon, at the time. He managed to get hold of me and like Sam, you need to get to the fucking football club. And he explained it to me. He said, Nah. He said we come in three times a week. He said you haven't been in the whole time during the time you were meant to come in, and we started pre-season three days ago. So I was like, oh my God, like this is the last thing I need now. Where I'm going you? to a new club. I was just in the house. I seriously, I'll have Joe and six French birds. I, I, I had my holiday and I was just literally chilling. I never, I'd never heard of it before. I'd never know that. Like even now you don't hear it. the lads having to go in during, uh, during um, the time that they're off. So I went in and I explained it to Dario, but Dario was, not having it basically he was like you're at the bollocks no you're at the bollocks you just didn't want to come in um, and then they find me they find me like I think it was like 50% of my wages or something for the whole time I never come in um, but again it was it was more of a I can't keep saying it's a misunderstanding can I? <laughs> 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 you know what at the, at the time at, at, at the time it was I do, a genuine mistake no at the time I do remember like Basically, I'd, I'd, I'd missed the sessions now, and then when I found out, I, I'd already missed training, so I, I was, if you're late, you're late, aren't you? You know what I mean? So I ended up just going back in when I said I was going to go back in, and, and um, cracking on, but it wasn't too bad, because he made me captain like three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have been leading by example. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> when you did get, when you did get, yeah. it would have been all right. <laughs> Thing is, four yeah. days is a lot in pre-season, isn't it? Yeah. Especially about first four. First four, it's massive, isn't it? You know what I mean? Doesn't sound so a lot, but doesn't. Yeah. So that was that. But 
I enjoyed my time at Crew. It was great to train in the games, everything about it. I loved it. How come you went to Rotherham after Liverpool? I went to Rotherham. Didn't Crew want you to come back? Yeah, Crew wanted me. No, what it was is that Crew wanted me to go back. Um, I had a year option on my, my contract at Liverpool. So I was hoping that they would take the option up on me. So when Dario was asking me to come back at the time, I didn't, I didn't want to commit to him because I was hoping I'd stay at Liverpool. I wanted to see what had happened at Liverpool before I decided to to go anywhere. Yeah. But in that time, obviously, Crew needed the right back, so he wasn't going to wait round for me to make my mind up. I went back to Liverpool. Obviously, found out I wasn't going to be staying there. That time, Crew had been out and bought or bought or got a full back in. Um, and so I was scrambling then uh, for a football club and my agent at the time um, I remember him turning around and saying to me like go on your holidays John don't worry about it when I come back I'll have something in black and white for you so I went on my holidays I came back and the the lads I remember the lads were going back into training on the Thursday and it was like the the, the, the week before the, the Friday or the Saturday I've gone in to see my agent and he's um he turned around and said to me, eh, so what do you want to do then? I went, what do you mean, what do I want to do? Said, I've got no fucking football club, what do you mean? He went, so have you thought about what the future holds for you? I said, no, I said, you told me to go on my holidays and when I come back you'd have something in black and white for me. He was like, let me make a few phone calls. <laughs> what have you been like, doing? Sack it off. So like, I'm thinking, like, let me make a few phone calls, you've had the whole summer. And now the lads are going back to training Thursday and you're making phone calls now, like, <laughs> week before we go back. And that was the first time I'd ever had an altercation with, like, my agent now, because they were always renewing me contracts at Liverpool. It was never the time to, like, right, John, you need to go and find a new football club. So I sat in his office and I was just giving him clubs, just giving him numbers, saying, ring this, ring that, <laughs> ring that. So it's the first through. time you needed him then, Yeah, it's really. the first time I needed him. And <laughs> you like, just I sat thought, there really managing there, I said, there's no way I'm just ring this fella, ring him. I played well against him. Try and ring him, see if they're interested. And he got to make half of that Rotherham. I hadn't seen the training ground. And as soon as he said, yeah, we'll sign them, I literally got in my car from my agent's room. I drove straight to Rotherham. I said, where's the contract? Signed the contract. I came back home. And then I went back for pre-season and then... I was thinking, what the fuck have I done here? <laughs> like, what have I done here? Panic, a panic sign. Pa- I panicked because I'd never been in the situation before, but it wasn't until I, I lost my best friend around the time then, so I'd moved away. I, I was going through a bit personally. I, I was living on my own again. And then I was going to training, and I just I wasn't enthusiastic about it at all. I think because I I've, I've came from like Melwood and... And then next thing I'm training on a public park and there's kids flying past us on motorbikes and dogs shitting on the pitch and that. And I know it sounds a bit like, but I've came from one reality to another in such a short space of time, I couldn't process it. Um, Especially I had like, um, I I lost my best friend, so I, I was going through a lot. Just wanted the uh, comfort I, I of just, having having a job. I yeah, suppose. that's what that's what I did. But then when I got there and I realised, and I, I went to the stadium and I just I just you know when you realise this wasn't for me. Like if I would have thought it out, <laughs> and I would have come and met, come down to Rotherham and seen the training facilities. I, I would have maybe took my time on. I would have seen what their options were because you know this day and age you, you haven't got a sign for somebody. Right, it helps. But if there's players that can go past pre-season and go to the during the season and still not have a football club, they, they'll wait for the right for the right club for them. Um, 
and McArthur was the manager. He was very intense. They had another right back at the time, and he the, during the season I, I, he didn't play me much. Um, my attitude changed then, in respect as it was probably the first time I didn't want to play football. Like I just thought I remember ringing my mum and just saying, "Listen, I'm going to spew this." And like I was only twenty, twenty-two, almost twenty-three. Um, and Mick Harford, he was, he, he, he was playing me in the reserves. So like I've gone from what, right back or left wing <laughs> or <laughs> right centre centre back. Actually, he was playing me centre back. Um, so I'd gone from playing for, f- playing in the Premier League. Now I'm in League One in the reserves. You know what I mean? And it was just yeah. like. In such a short space of time, it was just, I didn't want to play football at the time. When you go to a Rotherham or somewhere, it takes a strong mind and mentality to say, right, I've got to fucking get on with this. So what if there's, if there's fucking, if the training facilities are shite? So what if I'm washing my own kit and everything's fucking mismatch and you've just got to get on with it and grind it? And like I said, I, I couldn't, for the first six to eight weeks, I couldn't grasp that. I couldn't get to terms with that. So you've gone from getting your ass wiped daily yeah, to having basically, to, to shut yeah. your own shit But then out. also with Mick, it's like I started having tension with the manager, Mick, then, because I told him that I didn't want to be there, and I think he he took that personally. So yeah, I think he was like, well, if you don't want to be here, then I'm, I'm kind of going to shoot you like you don't want to yeah. be here. And, how, how long of a contract did you sign? I signed maybe about two years, and then I come to, I just I, I had that, heart to heart with me and just said look I need to be closer to home so they terminated my contract and I went back to crew and signed there for 18 months before I met Brownie at Norwich so were you already at Norwich then when I was signed or did we sign at the same time I, I can't think remember. you signed you been there on loan hadn't you no didn't you I signed in January yeah and I came the summer so you'd been there like a few months before me was it yeah did you get the Brian Gunn house tour no I didn't I had a few but I had Gunny shout at me a couple of times. Like, was he player liaison officer though when you when you saw it? Go, yeah, Gunny was. No, was he? I can't I even remember. No, I think fair, Gunny, Gunny was showing you around. Gunny had a few yeah. roles when I was there. I'm sure he was the goalkeeping coach. He was obviously my manager at one point. Um, I can't even. He was doing something at the football club when I first came. I just I'm not 100 percent sure what it was. But he's top man, Gunny. Like, yeah. what, were you, what, were you, what were you like when you're saying you need to get home from Rotherham? Because I, I wouldn't have thought there'd be that many places further away from Liverpool as Norwich would there. Yeah. No, to, to be fair, just... to be fair, I, I, when I when I went back to Crew, I found me love for it again. You know what I mean? It's like I wanted to play and mm. I was playing well and I was doing well, and so I wasn't in that frame of mind. So you, you, you didn't need to be back home then? No, I, I was back home obviously, but at the time when Norwich came, I think Norwich came in, QPR came in, and another couple of clubs came in, and um, I did it right this time where I went to the clubs and I spoke to them and I looked at I the looked facilities around. and I had a feel for it. And at the time when I went down to Norwich, it, it is such a, it's so isolated, isn't it? Like everybody in Norwich supports Norwich. Strange um, place. It's a strange place, but when I went down there, I really... I really did enjoy my time down there, like living down there. Come back to Dion. The last time I saw him, we played Leicester when I was at Sunderland. And um, I think, we, I don't know if we got promoted that day, but Dion was centre half. And um, with about five minutes left, I've, like, I'm in the touchline on the channel. Someone's played the ball up and someone's just come horsing through the back of us. <laughs> and I just assumed that it was the right back. It was like, he was about that big, Alan Mabry. I thought, oh, fuck this, I'm getting up here, I want to 
you know, like the gaffer was there, the fans yeah. are being buzzing. So I've get up and square, and I've just looked up, it was Dion. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I thought, I've got to go through with it. <laughs> so I've, we've kind of like squared up, and he's put his head on my head, and Mick McCarthy's ran on the pitch and dragged us off, like basically flung us to the floor. Um, so that was it, me and Dion nearly had a tear up. First person I see when I... No, when you walk in. And he remembered it. Did he, yeah? He remembered it. Oh, he's so, right, man, yeah. yeah. So when I signed for Norwich, Dion was in the gym. And he's going, oh, do you still fancy a shot of the title? <laughs> <laughs> when he was sound. <laughs> he's sad. He's like, shit, he pants. <laughs> ah, come on, you know, during the game and that. <laughs> thing is, that, that'll have helped you, because you'd, you, like, you, as soon as you go into a dressing room, you're very quiet, aren't you? Yeah. But he, he was he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, my first train, like, I'll... I think when I went there, he was 38 or 39, and I was, tw- I was obviously 24, and I remember speaking to um, Dave Caroline. The fitness, fitness, fitness coach. Yeah, his fitness, and he was like, listen, the, the lads are fit here, so like, look after yourself during pre-season. And I always thought I'd look after myself. I've always looked after myself anyway, but I thought, I'm not going to be that fit. Like, I'm going to get a few weeks training, and I'll be fine. And I think it was like the second day in, we were doing these runs, and I can't. You know when you're running and you get to that point where it's just constantly in your head, just telling you to stop, just stop, just stop running. And you just, <laughs> every runner, I've every runner never ever been, done. that's the closest I've come to stopping. And it was only because Dion Dublin was lapping me. He's 38 <laughs> years of age. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth is this man? We were doing these runs and we had to like run and do these obstacles in the middle, come back and, and we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And in the end, I was like, I was completely out on my feet, like, Completely out and there's Dion just back and forth, back and forth. I couldn't get my head around it. He's the fittest thirty-nine-year-old I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> honest. But he we is had t- some he good is, lads. Like yeah, he was top man. Like he was like he's like a father figure for the whole dressing room at times. You know what I mean? You know, if any of the lads like had a problem or anything, you could you could f- you feel comfortable going speaking to him. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's about anything though, yeah, whatever. about anything, whether it's football, whether it's off the field related. He was he was really good with me anyway. Tell you what, I'm hungry. And since we're at your house, Chrissy, what you're expecting, lads? Oh, I've got, I've got any amount. <laughs> <laughs> we all know when the deliveries go to. How does a cheeseburger, burger taco, Caribbean chicken rice ball, and a prawn pad thai sound? Ooh. Three meals between four. Sounds good to me. Get in that kitchen. Get not that pro- penny on. Not a problem, lads. You got the Hello uh, Fresh deliveries in. Wow, it's brilliant, man. You know, if you can't be bothered to make food on during the week. It's just quite regular for me. Can't be about to go to Asda or wherever, whichever supermarket you go to. I'm, I do my, uh, I'm like a day-to-day shopper. I'm not a big shop man. So that's dangerous, John. I'm a day-to-day. I've gone multicultural today. Oriental, Mexican, Caribbean. Not a problem. <laughs> right, mix. Oh, yeah. Tour of the world. We'll Funny go Gordon Ramsay, we'll have, we'll have a sample of each, I think. No, yeah. Funny enough, there's not that many uh, Caribbean restaurants in Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I, it'd be nice to try a bit of Caribbean food. The jerk chicken. Yeah. It's, it's, a great way, it. it's a great way to learn as well, by the way. Learn how to cook and stuff. Yeah. Time saving, saving as well. They have a variety of meals that are time saving. So yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm sold, lads. Are they doing low calorie meals? Yeah. They're doing low calories as well. Oh, yes, they are. So. They're, by well. any chance, got a high calorie menu, have they? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get involved in the high calorie one. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved. I'm going to intercept. I'm going to be watching them email with bated breath. I'm going to intercept and see what... Uh, see no what, planning, see what get. no shopping, no food waste. 
Just bang straight to your door. Bang straight to your door. Open your box, all your recipes, all your ingredients. Decide what you want, what day. Straight in. Can we generous get... portions as well, by the way. I yeah, know we're all portions. big eaters here. We are. We are. We are. So is there any... Uh, can anybody get an offer from, from HelloFresh from us? You certainly can. All you've got to do is go to www.hellofresh.co.uk and use the code COSH. What do you get for that? I hear you ask. Me. You've got the piece of paper in front of you. What do we get for that? <laughs> 50% off your first box. Yeah. Oh, yes, and 35% off the next three after that. That's a right saving. Yeah, it's a couple of months worth, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Oh. Well, join it. You know, so can you... It'll save you in your big shop or your little shop. Me, me seven little shops a week. <laughs> <laughs> get on it, John. I'm going to get on it. I'm going to get on it. I might even go for the old calorie, calorific one. The lo- what, the low calorie? The low calorie one, yeah. See how I get on with that. See if I can lose this one of these three chins that we picked do up they do, quick, do they do quick meals? Oh, they do rapid quick meals now. Really? So if you're if you're a man about town on the rush all the time, don't worry about that. Quick ones in, ten minute prep, ten minute cook. It's on the table. Twenty minutes job done. If you're looking to impress a female as well. Oh it's the longest out in the world, by the way. <laughs> if you're looking to impress a female. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking to impress a female, bit of a bit of a nineteen. Yeah, just hide the boxes. So yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been out. I've shopped. Candlelight on the table. A bit of pot puree under cushions. Oh, bonnie de douche. <laughs> Don't get much better, does it? All the ingredients are there. All the the instructions are there, and she's going to think you're a top-notch cook. Yeah. You can even talk her through the nutrition information. Yes, you can. Impress this, her even more. This Julie is calorific. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you slim, Julie. Don't worry about that. <laughs> So all you're going to do is go to www.hellofresh.co.uk, enter the code COSH and get 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three. Enjoy. I went on to Sheffield Wednesday then. Who signed you Wednesday? Uh, Alan Irvine. Good managers as well. Had some decent managers. Did you have Alan? <laughs> yeah. Did you have yeah, my yeah, yeah. yeah. Training sessions with seconds and on. Like you you go in and some days it can be a bit repetitive with the training and the drills <coughs> but every day I went in with Alan you never knew what you were doing with him so we kept it fresh you were a little bit yeah. like you said Paul Lambert even if you weren't in the team he, he made you feel you, 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 there, were still yeah. what, you were still part of it you know what I mean yeah can we make some nah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I just I never actually had any altercations with with, with, with with um, with Gary Megson, he's a Sheffield lad. He's a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, so I understood why he was so enthusiastic in training and wanting to win all the time because it was his club and his city, and I, I understood that. But I think it was his judgment was clouded a lot of the times because, because of that. Because of that, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but we, we had to laugh when Megson was there. Like some of his team talks and his ranting raves. He used to drink brandy before the fucking game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitting there and he'd be drinking straight brandy in the dressing room, giving us a team talk. And um, you know, remember, we'll with him after. Uh, I felt like I think it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was to calm his nerves apparently because he used to get that amped up and that worked up. It, it'd calm him down a bit before the what, game. You really like you used to have a laugh. Like, just... I just. I, it, I just I used to find him funny at times, like his team talks and all that, and the way he'd go on. But he fucking it's. I remember doing a pre-season round. It's pre-season. It's pre-season. One of the pre-seasons I did with him, 
I've never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally scarred. Yeah, oh, yeah, just running through these these woodlands in in Sheffield back when the Al uh, Sheffield Wednesdays used to play when he used to play, and it was all mad terrain and rocks and all that. And I'm not being funny. It must have been about six miles every other day. And me knee and me ankle have never been the same since. Like absolutely wrote me off. And I I used to like I said I used to think I was fit going back to pre season. But like them long distance runs and all that through woods and all that, I was never, I was never built for that. I was built for short, sharp stuff. Nile Range though. Nile Range, yeah, he did. Came was he come like? Because you know what? Nah, I didn't. Sp- I don't think I spoke to him. Yeah. Nah, I don't. Like I said to before, I, I think you can, you get a, you, you can, as you get older, you, you understand yourself, you understand other people, and no disrespect to Nile, I just. I didn't. Wasn't your kind of guy. Yeah, he wasn't my kind of guy. You know what I mean? You could, you could see he was always. He must have had a lot of respect for you knowing that you've been shot, though. I don't. Yeah, I don't you know think he's got a gun. I was going to say you must have shot. You must have shot Clinton Morris in your uh, good Clinton's shot. Clinton's a good mate. Yeah, Clinton was sand. I haven't seen Clinton. <laughs> me and Clinton were, were tight back then at the at the football club, man. Um, but Niall, he did. He came with the reputation, though. So like. Whatever football club he went to, when you heard of him coming in, you you, you knew kind of he was bringing trouble. Do you know what I mean? He's bringing. He's he's going. Yeah. Which I imagine, like some of the lads might have had about you. Yeah, that's what I mean. I can I could understand that, but I think Niall was. Where where is people that don't know my situation, and I've explained it to you now. Mm. You can understand it a bit more. I think when when like Niall's getting arrested for the the most stupidest stuff. Like on a regular basis, though, so he, he was he was bringing it on himself. And I think if you, sp- anybody that's spoken to him, he had that personality and, and a bit of that persona. About Swagger. Him. Yeah, and I, I think it was just his upbringing. I mean, he was a quality football player. It must have been good for people. To he was. He, 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 he was honest to God. If he, he, it's a shame, really. If he would have just, if he would have knocked, a, I, I don't know him personally enough to say what he was doing away from the field. Obviously, you hear what he's doing away from the field, but it's just a shame because if he, if he knocked that side on the head, you'd never know the, the type of career he'd have. The likes of him, Gary Roberts, yeah. other players like that. There's tons of players like that that. Just being on the brink of actually being really successful at football, but other circumstances always hindered them and hold them back. Thing is, you're right though, because people might have had that persona about me, yeah. But you treat people as like me and you were close at Norwich, yeah. And all we did was sit and play. That's what I mean. If you, uh, that's what I mean. We didn't do I think (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't even play shooting games, would we? We wouldn't even play GTA. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? We, we had uh, a mention on Twitter about having a, a training ground scrap. Oh, me. Was that at Wednesday? Yeah, it, I wouldn't call it a, a scrap. It, it, yeah, but your idea of scraps is far different than ours. I'll tell you now. Basically, me and Reader, you know what it was shame about it is me and Reader were actually. We were actually kind of good mates. We Reader Johnson. Yeah, he's big. He's, he's a big, 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 big unit. Well. Yeah, I didn't realise how big he was till I actually squared up to him. But he, um, we were <coughs> training, and I don't know whether we got beat the weekend or what. So we were training earlier on in the, in the week, and so you, the tensions were high in training. You know, the tackles are flying in, and everybody's on it, and, and it's good really when it's like that. Mm. And I can't remember whether the something had happened, but 
he was playing centre half and I, I was on the right and we were shouting at each other like we had different versions of what went on and so the 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 training had finished and I'm walking towards him now to explain but he was he, he could speak good English he was fine with his English but he was walking to me like like I was walking to him towards a fight but I weren't I was walking towards him to like explain because we were shouting over such a far distance and as he's come to me I'm thinking we're actually going to fight here. <laughs> <laughs> so as I've got, as I've got, I didn't read this tall. As I've got up to him, he's like, he's, he's, he's kind of looking down on me now, you know, because I'm so close up to him. And I thought, like, I'm too close to him. If it goes off here, he's, he's going to be able to get at me. So I've kind of like pushed him to keep me distance. But as I've pushed him, he swung for me, but like with the open hand. So Are like, you a bitch slap? yeah, so he's kind of, <laughs> but like I've kind of got out the way with it, but he's caught me with his nail, yeah. So he's like scratch my face, and so my face is bleeding. I've gone off the fucking rails. So I'm trying to get at him, and then Sedgy, I think it was Potts, Darren Potts, was trying to split us up at the time, and then um, Gary Megson turned around and told me to go in training, and I was fucking fuming. Do you know what I mean? Because okay, I've approached him, but he's through the first slap, slap or punch or whatever <laughs> it was. I said, I've, I've walked over to him, so why, do, why am I being told to go home? Do you know what I mean? Shouldn't he be getting told to go home? So I thought, fuck this. So I went home, I got my jogging gear on, I came straight back to the training ground, I thought... Your I'm jogging home. gear? Well, like, me, me underarm gear, like, what are you saying? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> You're you fighting so I went, gear. I went in. <laughs> <laughs> I went in. best outfit I went in. I'll put my skins on. Can't <laughs> 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 grab my skins. <laughs> You know what's funny? It was actually skins. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling spandex from Colin. <laughs> and I thought, God, I think I had jeans and a jumper on, so I thought, I'm fucking fighting this. So I flew home. I was only five minutes away. And Clinton, I, rem- I remember in Clinton, saying, Clinton, do not let him leave the dressing room. And so I've put my fucking things on. I flew back to the house and I'm sitting in the car park. And I'm, I was on the phone to Clinton the whole time. I was like, where is he? He's like, he's getting dressed. And I said, Sound, as soon as he comes out in the car park, don't tell him I'm here. I'm gonna wait for him in the car park. So, I'm at Clinton, by the way. Just, just like, yeah, no, Clinton, yeah, Clint, King. He's just finishing Clinton, his chicken now. Nah, he's coming out. In Clinton, <laughs> Clinton was me boy. Like Clinton was sand. So, um, he's what I didn't know at the time is that his brother was there watching him training, and his brother was some boxing fucking a boxer, professional boxer. <laughs> So like he's come out in the car park now with his brother. So I've jumped out the car and I'm screaming at him, but he's just standing there so calm and like collective. Just well, that making you oh. worse? No, you know, yeah, it was making me worse. But I understood why he was so cool and collective because his brother was standing next to him <laughs> and his brother's some boxing champion and would have just absolutely filled me in. So I'm screaming, screaming, screaming at him, and he wasn't talking to me. He wasn't giving me no response. I was like, look at me face. You know what I mean? Look what you've done to me face. I wasn't trying to fucking fight you. This, that, and the other. And um. It got all the the players and some of the coaches come out now here that we were in the car park and I thought oh, I don't want to look like I've come back now for trouble so I've left it and then I've been messaging him and he was going to France I said listen as soon as you come back you're meeting me again in the car park I'm like we need to settle this straightener <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I bet he was stood there thinking. What the fuck's he got his skins on? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he weren't saying it. Oh like, you know what? I was just, I was just, I was so taken back for it because, like I said, we were like, we were kind of mates. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, why would you, why would you do that to me? And not only have you done it to me, you've marked me now. So I was, I was just fucking angry. And so 
the next I've been sitting there the whole day just itching. I was like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And he was like, I'll be down five o'clock or six o'clock. So he was coming to see me. And then I remember speaking with my missus at the time and she was like, John, what are you what are you doing? Like, what are you getting out of this? You know what I mean? Yeah, he scratched it if he apologizes and that just fucking forget about it because if the club find out you're meeting people in the car you can't, you can't, you can't have your right back you right back in your right centre half arranging to have a scrap in the car park at training ground can you and then I went to the car park and I met him and he was apologetic and, and you know what as Skins back on. Yeah, well, did, no, I didn't have did you turn up? In. I didn't turn up with me, with me skins, skins on. Skins on. Uh, entrance music on in the car before you got out. <laughs> I, uh, I turned back up and I was I was a lot more chilled. And he said, look, Sam, I apologise and all that. And I said, you know what, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have reacted the way I reacted. I can understand why you thought we were going to fight because I, I might have came over to him a bit aggressive. Mm. I said, but just forget about it now. I said, because I don't want the, I don't want the, the club thinking that they can't play us in the same team or you, you don't want that tension yeah. in the dressing room so we spoke about it and then we were fine after that but it always leaves like if you have like a running with someone to that extent at the football club it always leaves that like bitterness doesn't it like in the dressing room and like the, the lads are like it's more of the, the people room. though yeah it's the other people yeah. so when the lads are in there they're like why did enough and I'm thinking oh, I just want to forget about it now and then I've got the lads going <laughs> you fucking bitch why'd you let him do that to you somebody just call the caretaker there's a big pile of shit in the car he's sweeping up Sergi and coke you know that used to wear me even Sergi now he used to message me and go I'm going to get readers to fuck you I'm like shut up I can't believe you got home and got changed me fighting you it wasn't me fighting gear. When I thought about it, yeah, it, now it was fighting gear. But I had, I had like a hoodie on and a pair of jeans, and I thought to myself, if he f- like if we're fighting and he pulls this hoodie over my head or something, I've got to get something on that he can't grip me with. That was what I was just you thinking. Should have worn, you should have worn them pants. <laughs> You've got your send fucking Vaseline up. <laughs> I should have went home for a load of baby oil. Like, you've just been slipping out of his hands. But yeah, that was it. And you know what? I've never. Other than that, I've never really had an altercation with um, with any anybody else in my whole career, like on the pitch or off. Sorry, I had an altercation with we had a fight at um, Charlton in uh, in uh, I know as you walk out to the, the as you walk out to the, the dressing rooms at Norwich. Were you there then? We played the night game at Charlton. I don't yeah, know what happened. And we've walked in and there was someone was arguing and there was a bit of pushing going on. And next thing there was just punches getting thrown. Yeah. Who was the assistant then? The boy Stewart, midfielder. I'm oh, sure he played at Everton. He played at Everton. Graham Stewart. He chinned me twice in the back of the head. Like he was going bang, bang, punching me in the back of the head. It was going off in the, in the thing. <laughs> the assistant. The trying to grab him. It was chaos. That was the only time we've had like a proper fight in there. And then we played them a few weeks later down at their place. And he came over and apologised. Like I was like, oh, it's sound, mate. I said it was fucking reckless. Everyone did was you get a few off yourself? Yeah, I did. I don't know who I was hitting. Because who I was it, <laughs> <laughs> just grabbing the red shirt, just punching people, <laughs> and then um, he was hitting me from behind, and it was only because I turned round, you know what I mean? Because I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is that hitting me?" And he was standing there like that. I thought, "You cheeky bastard!" <laughs> um, grabbing red shirt. But then it's easier in that environment, and when everyone's got yeah. different colours on, you know, you punch yeah. it. So, and then afterwards, I seen him afterwards, and we had a laugh and a joke about it. But other than that, I've never really had any altercations with with with. Um, with players at, at, at 
football clubs. I've always been a bit the banterish side of things, you know what I mean? I don't think anybody would ever think like uh, like I wouldn't mess around with Sammy or fuck about with him because I always had like a, a jokey type attitude. You're so, so laid back. Yeah, I'm so laid back. Like it'd take a, a it'd take a lot for me to fucking actually get wound up over something and actually do something stupid, you know what I mean? Whereas if the lads are fighting in the f- in the in the corridor, I think the majority of lads are excuse like, to get involved. Yeah, you're gonna you've, get got involved. A, you've got to have you know it's like your team. It's a free hit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't really want to, you're like, oh for fuck's sake, I'm have to go out at dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got MK then? After yeah, no, I went to where Wednesday. did I go? Wednesday, I went. To, yeah, I went to MK Dons. The heel of God. Yeah, I scored that goal. Um, I haven't seen it, but haven't you? Oh, I watched it last night. I scored the. I scored. What made what made it funny is that I scored the week before against Colchester at home, and it was the first game against uh, obviously Wimbledon and the history that the clubs yeah. had had that they hadn't played each other. So is it this was, the first time they played. This each is other? the first time they played each other. Um, it was the FA Cup, and you know what? They, we had like the stadium was full, but we had the, the majority of the fans were like. Blackpool fans and, and Blackburn fans, like anybody could go to the game because they were supporting Wimbledon in because they didn't like what Peter Winkleman had done yeah. with the club, so they were all going to back the hour Wimbledon. So we had all random fans there cheering for them and all that it was a bit pathetic. <laughs> um, and it went to what was I can't remember the game, it was 2 1, I think we won 2 1. Yeah, and um, you meant it, didn't you? No, I didn't mean to score. Give me the opportunity. I did mean to. I did mean to. I, if you watch the goal, like when the ball, I forget who's hit the ball, but they've kind of they've shot, but they've missed the ball, yeah. and it's bounced. And I've kind of read the ball, and I wasn't too sure where it was. I just thought I'd help it on towards the back post. It looks good, but I've got Does a it? real good yeah. connection on it. And then I've looked, and I thought. I seen the keeper absolutely scrambling. I thought he's never going to get to that. <laughs> and then it's gone in, and it was like I think there was like two minutes left or something. So they named it. You the definitely Heligard. should be playing the event now. <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely little. Do you want to do that two on. minutes again? <laughs> 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 we'll watch. We'll watch it. So as we finish, we'll watch it. <laughs> Got a message from Anthony K. When you're at... Who's Anthony K? <laughs> <laughs> he said, so I "Ask about the chairman's son's missus or something like that." Son- the chairman's son's missus. Oh, um, <laughs> basically, what had happened? We'd had a we we'd had a game on a Saturday, and religiously of a Friday, the likes of me, Casey, Darren Potter, any of the lads that were travelling in, we would normally stay over in a hotel because the hotel of the ground, and then we'd get up in the morning, obviously, for the game. And this one occasion of a Friday, of a Friday to be fair, when we'd stayed there, there'd, there'd always be a function, there'd be something going on. It was a Friday night, and some did have weddings there or whatnot. And on this occasion, um, the girl that worked at the football club, she um, she was with her friends uh, having dinner where we were having dinner. And the girl at the football, she used to she used to arrange our boxes. Like we'd have different boxes, but she'd she'd tell us what box we'd be in and, and et cetera, et cetera. So she would speak to obviously the majority of the lads time to time. And um, I remember her sitting with a friend, and one of her friends liked us or something. And <laughs> <laughs> she there was not an, there was actually not an in the message. 
she was basically saying, my friends asking about you or whatnot and this, that and the other. She's just inquiring about you. There was, there was a, um, it was on iMessenger, obviously on your phone. So I can't remember what I responded. There was nothing in it. Like I said, we were playing, we had a match the following morning and, um, but what me misses at the time, she was at home on the iPad and the fucking messages were popping up on the oh, iPad. Yes. Oh no. So oh, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking I'm fucking Jack the Lad eating me pasta and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and my missus is like messaging me on the phone going, who's such and such and who's this and that. And I'm thinking, what are you going on about? She's like, John, the messages are coming up on me f- on, the, on the iPad here. And like I said, as you can see them, there's, there's nothing in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think because she was in Liverpool and I was staying in MK, she was thinking something crazy was going to happen in the hotel room. <laughs> but chance. then I had, to, I had to explain to her that I was with Casey and nothing would happen because he's fucking minging. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I tell you what I think he looks like. I think he looks like the Sheffield Wednesday mascot. You know, not the mascot. I think he looks like the owl off the Sheffield Wednesday man. Um, yeah, so the, the next day, I, you know what she didn't seem to she didn't seem too angry at the time it was the fucking next day when obviously I had a game and she's flying down to MK she drove down no she was coming on the train but she was coming for war you know what I mean <laughs> so I was thinking, the whole time I was thinking while I'm playing the game oh my god she's going to turn up here any minute this game's going to get called off so like I was anticipating the final whistle, do you know what I mean? I thought I'm gonna have to go in, and fucking explain to me. And if she's here, she's gonna kick off and fucking have a go at fucking in front of get, everyone. In front of everyone, you know what I mean? And like I said, I, I just wanted to get hold of it and explain to her. Look, there was there was nothing in it, do you know what I mean? It was just so she come down, she comes to the ground and all that, and she, she was she can't. To be fair, when I spoke to her, she calmed down, but it could have ended up a lot worse. Like cause she, she she actually came down looking for the girl. Do you know what I mean? Oh, in the club, asking round. Yeah, like she come down to the she come down to the football club. Like, who's this fucking girl that's being messaging you type of thing? And I was like, look, I, that's a reinforcer. There was nothing in it. Do you know what I mean? The girl sources our boxes out, and she's just just speaking in conversation. Like, me may find you attractive or whatnot. So what? And that was so that. that and that. So basically, your ex missus nearly nearly wanted to chin Enkelman's son's missus. <laughs> Winkleman. Hey, and not so much hey, it was more the, the girl she thought I was meeting. Do you know what I mean? She thought I was meeting one of her friends. Imagine like, that. Would, that would have been a good one to explain, <sighs> wouldn't it? You no, know what I was just missus has chinned the, you know when, <laughs> the, the chairman's daughter in law. <laughs> I was um, I, like I said, during the game is like when you go to the game you, you you try and focus on it. I couldn't think of anything. all I was thinking was like how long is she gonna be? She's gonna be here. I kept looking around, thinking. So you can see it. I'm gonna see it at the dugout. I'm gonna see it up at the box. It's gonna be made somewhere. Constantly <laughs> looking, and every time the ball's going in for the front, I'm looking out at the, the, the box over there. And I'm looking at the dugout, thinking, oh my god! And I couldn't tell any of the lads. The yeah, I, think the I, to- I think I told. I think I told Casey. I think I might have told Casey or Potts at the time. I was like, she's coming down here on a war path now. Casey used to just laugh. It used to bear me head out, thinking, oh, I don't need this. But that was that. Like I said, that was not an over. It was it. It's Casey saying that because he was there and he knew I was a bag of nerves at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I was scrambling, so that's why he's, he's asked that question. Was it then then MK Dons that you picked up a few injuries? Yeah, I started getting injuries at um, Sheffield Wednesday. I ruptured my chest. I had an Achilles problem. 
that I couldn't shake off and I had a, a knee problem that all came towards the end of my contract. So I was playing, I think Dave Jones come in, I think there was nine games left and I was playing with like a torn meniscus, a torn Achilles, just trying to play, just to... So how I old are you then when, like, at MK? 28, right. 28, 29. And then, um, yeah, I was 28 and I was just trying to play through the injuries just because I wanted a contract. And I was fortunate again because I never got a contract. I was injured when I left Sheffield Wednesday. I just had a knee injury, I just had a knee operation and I just had a chest operation. And Carl Robinson, he looked after me to be fair. I've known Carl and his brother and his family um, since I was a youngster. And he took me there and my managed me to be fair with me training and me treatment and he said, look Sam, as long as, you, as, long as you're fit, you, you'll, you'll play. Um, he took me out the team obviously a few times, but he was go- he was really good to me there. And I explained to him that I wanted to leave <clears throat> towards the end because I had the opportunity to go to America. Um, and he was cool with me. He said, "Listen, if that's what you want to do, you know, we'll we'll." Where were you we'll, gonna go? I was gonna go to San Jose Earthquakes with um, what's the left back out there? Stewart and Stewart. Um, he was out there at the time, and then I was gonna go to New England Revolution. But the, the, at the time, I went to Tramia because <coughs> I didn't want to travel to MK Dons. I went to Tramia on loan for a month. They weren't paying me. I was just going to play games and, and keep taking over. And in the first game I played, I don't know if you've been to Prenton Park, they've got like, where the seats are, they've got like concrete, like a, it's, it's like a concrete border round. But the other side of that, it's like a three foot drop. So the ball's gone over my head and I'm chasing the ball and I've knocked it out and you know when someone gives you a little nudge kid I couldn't stop like I literally couldn't stop I've gone over the concrete thing and I've landed on my back I've thought I broke my back like I couldn't could not walk for like three or four days and that was my first game and I was going to America in um, like two weeks down the line and the treatments I was getting treatments at um, Tramia and then when I got back fit I started running on the treadmill you know to just get my fitness back and I pulled my hamstring the day before I was flying out. So I flew out to San Jose. Did you say anything when you got there? Sorry? Did you say anything? Like, yeah, I told them in the email. to listen, I pulled me, me hamstring and they were like, can you leave it a week? So I left it a week and then I felt better. I went out there, but I broke down in the training out there. Before you'd signed? Yeah, before I signed. And they would, they, over there, you have to be at, um, like a marquee player to earn any real money. And they'd only allow so many marquee players in the team. So I was going there. I wasn't going to be earning much money, but I just wanted them to cover me, me help me with my rent and a car because I had my missus and two kids at the time. And he wouldn't do that. So I had no choice. But if I was going on my own, it wouldn't have been a problem. But I, I couldn't have done it. Um, just fancied it as lifestyle change. Yeah, I just I've always wanted to play abroad. That's yeah. I've always wanted. To, it didn't matter whether it was America, anywhere. If I would have had the opportunity then to go abroad, because I was thinking I was I was coming up to thirty. I wanted to. I thought I had at least five years left in me, and that was my opportunity to go and play in in different countries. And then when I came back, I friggin' did the exact same thing. Came back home trained for a couple of weeks and then got injured again before I went to uh, New England Revolution. I didn't even I didn't even get a training session out there. I literally went for a holiday, watched the lads train, watched them in a couple of games and then they were they were under pressure to bring a right back in. And I think they were just having me out there thinking I'd come along, I'd come along, but 
friggin a week down the line, two weeks out the line, I still wasn't running. So they just turned around and said, "Listen, John, you're gonna have to, um, you're gonna have to go back home." And when I came back, I went and see my knee specialist, and he was like, "Look, if I was your older brother, I'd tell you to retire." So I just jibbed it. I was just, I was fed up with the injuries. I was just fed up with the the knockbacks from other football yeah, clubs. Yeah. You just get to that point where you think, "Fuck this now," you know what I mean? And you know what? Looking back, I wish, I wish I never took that decision. I wish I would have just tried to grind something out for a year or two. Because I've always relied on on looking after myself and staying healthy and keeping fit. I knew once my injuries would have come, like I would have got over my injuries, I would have been all right. But I retired, I claimed on me my pension, and then there's no going back from that now. Because yeah. if I want to go back now, they, they want your fucking money back. What so, age did you actually retire then? Thirty one. Thirty one. Um, what do you have to do when you retire? Just pay a fair, and so that's it. Oh, do you, no. do you have to make it? There's no protocol. You just say, right, uh, dear Go- what's he called? Gordon Taylor. Yeah. Dear Gordon, uh, John Park in here. <laughs> I have decided to retire. Hanging up with Bruce. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> like say with the with the with the pension and whatnot. Surely you have to notify someone, no? No, what I had to. Can... I had to go and see that. I had to go and see my knee specialist. Wrote me a letter and explained everything in my knee. And then I went to them and said, look, I'm I'm unable to play now. And that way I can, I think I was eligible for my pension anyway when I was 35 because I started it when I was really young. I think when you start them now, you don't get them till you're 55, yeah. is it? But if you, if you retire through injury, then you can go in, you can claim your pension early you if you want your to. Pension, yeah. Obviously you, you, you can't earn. Yeah. So that's that's why they, it, it got in touch with the PFA because they obviously sort of got all the pension schemes and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I regretted it like the, the second that come out with it I regretted it yeah straight away I knew straight away I shouldn't have done it you've got many regrets yeah that's been one of them along with Istanbul the Istanbul that one the shooting we should have stayed in that Saturday night <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, all, you know what they were all Saturday nights as well <laughs> <laughs> you could do nothing at any, like, that could happen to anybody that I know you probably shouldn't you can say I shouldn't have gone into the nightclub but no, no but you know what though Brownie it's like you you know do you know what I mean like I'm I can't be. I knew I shouldn't have been in there, and 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 you know not places not to go. It, what, like, even when I seen rule, even 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 when I seen the crowd of the lads I was with, and I knew of some of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know the game. I know what they're up to. It was like. Did you see the gun before it? No, I didn't see nothing. I didn't see. You went twerking on end of bar. No, I didn't see nothing. But I know them. Them lads that were out that night, they they were all carrying weapons like. Is, when, you're, when you're fucking 10 brandies deep, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to get shot. Yeah. And even if you do, you're thinking, who gives a fuck? Which bird have I got? Yeah, which, 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 how were you after? Like, you know, you're saying you, you knew you regretted it. Did you struggle for a bit after? Struggled, like, yeah. Like, I can openly say, I've, I've, I went to the PFA, I've had counselling, I've had, I've, I wouldn't say, I was in a bad place today. Like, depressed, decided to put me on all crazy fucking pills. Like, I struggled a lot with it, do you know what I mean? I can talk about it now at the time. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you, what people don't understand is like, I've had football drilled into me from day dot. Like, I, I, I don't know anything else. I don't understand anything else. So, like, to go as much as a time to feel like a chore on your body, the training, the games, when you're not playing, what you go through mentally on and off the pitch, 
when it's taken away from you, it's a different. It's a different task. Do you understand? Like in my head, like just like I said, I've been sitting around for five years, just twindling my thumbs. The first thing I come in here and ask you, how do you set this up? How are you feeling? And how are you getting on? Because I'm at that stage now where and. I'm over that bit of depression and that mental bit now. I need to like, I've got my head around not being a footballer no more. And I need to find out who I am because I think a lot of footballers are tied up with Parky the footballer, Brownie the footballer. When you're retired, you're just Chris Brown. Like, who's Chris Brown then? What what, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, who am I? What am I doing? I don't, I'm always known as, as John the footballer and once it gets taken it, it's a big part of my identity it, it was me hard, yeah. in fact it was my whole identity so when you get your whole identity taken away from you like I said I couldn't I couldn't fucking function for years I couldn't function I couldn't speak to any of my football mates I couldn't even play FIFA I deleted everybody off my phone I didn't I didn't want to be involved in it I couldn't watch football I hadn't watched football for two three years I just when I couldn't be involved in it anymore and one of them, me, it's out of sight, out of mind. So if I don't see it on the telly, if I don't chat to my mates when the on the coach going down the game, and if I haven't got to play it on the computer, I can deal with it. But Just then when I'm sitting, oh yeah, they had to. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And like it's only since my son started playing now, and and I've kind of got a buzz through it watching him enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the only reason that I'd say I'm back in football because I did go and try and get my coaching badges, but. I had one foot in and one foot out the doors and I didn't want to retire. No doubt. Yeah, I didn't want to retire and I thought if I get my coaching badges here and I'm out the game. And so like I remember going, I was doing them with Casey and Darren Potter and they carried on. And I was like, fuck, I, I didn't want anybody to think I was thinking about retiring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I didn't want anybody to know I was at the coaching because mm-hmm. I thought, when I'll send me students coaching, yeah, he's going to get his badges, he's jibbing it. And I didn't want that. So I, I, I walked away from the coaching and it was, I hadn't been told I had to retire, but I knew, like, I can't go, I, I knew if I, I'm getting my coaching badges here, and if I don't get a, if I don't get a club, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to associate with anything else other than playing football, and for me, associating, associating myself with doing coaching, that for me was telling me I'm taking a different direction away from football now, I'm going to go down the coaching road, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to put me all into the football and then once I got told I couldn't play no more, I couldn't put myself around football then, so the coaching, the friends, everything, yeah. I had to fucking, I had to be done with it. That's, a, that's why I don't want to get into it. It's like, out, out of sight, out of mind. I'm a little bit like that. Like somebody, the best advice I got was what you're saying about acknowledging the fact that you're not a footballer anymore. Mm-hmm. That's it's the hardest thing. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's Even now, I still, sometimes I just think, oh, am I just... I get embarrassed. I get him. I get him. I get him. I get him. It's true, though. It, coming to terms with not being a footballer is hard. It's hard. Listen to me, my, my son, because he plays football and he, he doesn't understand. He'd never seen me play football. He'd been to the MK Dons game, but he, he doesn't remember. remember. So, like, when he's ta- when when I'm picking him up from school, he's going, Do you know, my dad used to play football. I get embarrassed. It's weird. Mm. Like, I don't. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Don't be telling people. I don't. I don't. I don't want to engage in it. I don't want to engage in the conversation about. Oh, do you used to play football? Who did you used to play for? Yeah. I, I don't want to go down that road no more because sometimes I can't. I can't deal with the the emotion it brings up in me. So I tend to just block it out as much as I can. I, I don't get me wrong. The past year, eighteen months, I've been a lot better. But before that, if you would have asked me about football, you wouldn't have got. You wouldn't have got an answer out of me. But that's that's part of the problem because you. 
putting things, but you're burying things in your head. You, you know, you're saying you don't want to acknowledge it, you don't want to speak yeah. about it, but that's just putting it back inside, and it's got to come out. Still going to be there, isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. I know that, but you know when, like I said, I, I didn't. You don't know it's processed. Don't know how. Don't, I don't know no, what no. that. I don't know how to process that. Like I just know that I don't want to speak about it. I know the feelings it brings, speaking about it and being around it. I don't want them feelings. So until until I'm com- where I'm at that stage now, and you know what? I think it happens to everybody consciously or subconsciously I think that it, it especially the likes of myself who, who's been played for teams and and okay I'm, I'm fortunate enough in respect is that I haven't retired and I, I didn't really have to work but I think if I, if I, if, if I would have had to go into work or I would have had to do something immediately like a lot of players have to I think I, it would have helped me a lot because I would have been occupied. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it engage yeah. me. It's like I'm I'm so I'm so like the reason I go to the gym, the only reason I go to the gym, it's it's not I don't go to the gym because I actually wanna be fit anymore. I don't want to go to the gym because I wanna look good. I go to the gym because of what it helps me with my head. You know what I mean? I'm so programmed to getting up and training and going to training and, and, and training sometimes you train twice a day. I'm so programmed to that. So the first thing on my mind is like fuck I'm up. I need to stay you in that do routine. Something. Do you know what I mean? I go train. I train at the same time, so I train at ten o'clock. Mm. If I'm training twice, I'll train at uh, ten and and two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. I still try and build my training sessions around my football mentality. The, the days and time I train. You know what I mean? And that way, I feel better about myself. In respect of like, I still feel like I'm not wouldn't say involved, but my head still. Taking over, yeah, yeah. It, it's because me, like me and Sammy, haven't spoke for for years, and I didn't know you were going through that. Yeah, th- that's what I mean. It, it's, it's it's a natural thing. It's me as well. Yeah. Like, I, I, in terms of speaking to lads that I used to play with, I just wanted to dis- distance myself. But you've I been wish through you the same fucking thing. Distance yeah. yourself from me. <laughs> <and fucking. laughs> Can't get rid of me. Can't <laughs> it's it's a, you know what? It's it's hard. Like it, and even to even to if you even to speak about it now, it's not so much hard for me now. But going through it then, like it was the thoughts that go through your head. It's disturbing, lad. Like, really, it really took me back. Like, it, it, it affects you. It affects everything. So it was affecting me being a parent. It was affecting me as a son. It was affecting me as a friend. It was affecting me in my whole life. And that's why I, I didn't know what else to do but to say, I don't even want to look at a ball. I got all my boots, all my, all my, my, my shirts and all. I tied them. I put them away. So I don't even have to look at them when I open my things. I've done everything I could do. So I could wake up in the morning and I wouldn't think about football. It was it was a terrible time. I had like a rough patch. It's, it's interesting, probably for people listening to this, you know, like, because the perception of you, because you're so laid back, yeah. would have been that you're not bothered. Yeah. Well, that's it. You, you, you don't even like I sp- football. I spoke to, I spoke to, I spoke to the, um, my our manager, Carl Robinson. I seen him in Starbucks. I said the same thing to him. And he was looking at me like that. He went, "You were fucking really ass. You weren't playing football no more." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Why do you think? Why did he, he said, Sam? I thought you couldn't wait to retire." And I went, "Did I really give off that impression? Like we I couldn't really be ass? Mm. You know what I mean?" I was like, "Really?" And he was like, "Yeah." I said, "I thought you'd never have nothing to do with football. I thought once you walked away, you'd go and do live a different life." I said, I, "I never. I thought you were." He turned around and said, "I thought you wanted to retire when you were 27." <laughs> he said, "That's how long I've thought you've never wanted to play for." I said, "No, it's never been the case." I said, "That's just you don't realize until something's taken away from you." You know what I mean? Mm. And like with the football, isn't 
and similar things like that. Once it's gone, it is gone. The, the simplest things, just the banter. You, I miss the banter so much. You know what I mean? You know, because you're not in that world no more, and you're constantly laughing and joking and back and forth. And you know what I mean? It, it's 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 a it's a good life, regardless where you're playing. I don't think psychologically you're ready to stop either at thirty. No, to thirty-five. You you're not ready to retire. You're not. You're not 65, 70. You're not bird yeah. are you? Yeah, you're not no, ready for cash in the attic at 35, are you? Yeah. But all you've known is it's the football, career that yeah. you've, you've been in for the last 20 years. Even even used with this with this with this podcast, subconsciously, you're. I'm gonna say you, 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 it's a it's, it's a football set. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's a, fo- it's, yeah. a fo- it's a football I'm, mentality. You still get. I'm still getting me. Fix. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. You're still getting some form of that life in yeah. a way where you're getting footballers in on and you're talking about old stories and it makes you feel better about the situation. See, has, it made you, has it made you feel? How did you feel speaking about it? Speaking today? about it today. So is going back a year or two ago, kid, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got a, you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been this open with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have just said, oh yeah, I've had a few ups and downs and this, that and the other. I wouldn't have been this open and told you like exactly what I've gone through with me. I had like 16 weeks of counselling on that off the PFA. I'm sitting there and going through like just stuff that I didn't even think bothered me, but obviously it was yeah. bothering me. Do you know what I mean? Did, you, did it take you to approach the PFA? Yeah, I approached to the, do that. Yeah, I had to. I had, because... I I was gonna go and pay, I was gonna go and pay for counselling myself, and then I thought it, it's expensive first and foremost, and I wanted somebody that had dealt with yeah. footballers before. I didn't want your average job that was just gonna take me money. And Plus, you've got somebody else as well, aren't you? You're in it together. So even though you you, you don't know everybody at the PFA, you're in it together, aren't you? Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean. mean. You've, you've yeah. got like a not a lifeline, but you've got somebody who knows about it. There's the association. To the if game. you're just going, if it's just me going to see a counsellor, there's only us two who know about it. Where you've got a, a third party sort of thing that you can go and speak to or whatever. Yeah. No, what I, I still I, think though, what you've just said, did you get in touch with them? Yeah. It's hard for people to pick up the phone, man. Yeah, but you know what though, Brownie? Like I was, I was at that stage where I had to. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was serious shit. Like I was struggling bad. So how long was it going on? I, it was going on for about. Two years, lad. Maybe it's a long time, isn't it? That's what how I mean. Time, how, how long were you thinking about making that? I call? never, I never thought until I never thought until I generally felt like down at first, like I was just down in the dumps. But you, when you're injured, like Brownie said before, we think it, it, it does get you down. So I was thinking this is a period of time, and soon once I'm back and I'm feeling back to myself, it, it'll be it'll be okay. But then. I was just left with emptiness of nothing to do, and that's what created the problems for me. Like fucking hell, what am I doing today? Do you know what I mean? Like, and then I've got the lads on the phone. What's happening? Saying we're playing such and such here the weekend. What are you doing? I'm thinking, I, don't wanna, I couldn't even go and meet them after the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be sitting there, and there talking about the game, and I'm sitting there like that thinking. So the thing that's going to make you feel better, you're thinking it's the worst. Like it's you the couldn't weird. think of anything I worse. I couldn't think of anything worse. So like, I just shut it down. Like from then on, and like I said, I was struggling for the best part of two years. I went and seen a doctor, and they give me antidepressants. But what they don't send fucking smoking into them is that they give you suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating these tablets, yes. thinking that they're fucking gonna make me feel alright. But on the other hand, I'm waking up thinking should I just go and jump off the bridge? 
know what I mean? Like, my head was absolutely kettled with it all. So I come off the tablets, and then that's when I thought, I've got to go, I had to go and get help. And I rang the PFA, and like I said, it, was, it wasn't so much, I just wanted them to, the PFA will deal with that all the time. So like, they'll push, put you in touch with somebody who's already dealing with other footballers. So if you go to them and, it's, I wouldn't say it's the same story, but he, he, he understands you a bit more, do you know what I mean? Because yeah, he's yeah. dealing with footballers, mm-hmm. footballers, footballers. Yep. So that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone who could understand me rather than somebody that's getting to know me and wondering why I'm here and I'm six weeks down the line. I needed somebody that was on the ball with me from, from day one. Like I did sixteen weeks. Uh, David Kirk, his name was. He was he was a lovely fella, and he really helped me. Just me outlook on life. Um, and like I say, it was more it was more me ego that was holding me back. As in, like John Semabar, the footballer. When I realised I'm I'm John Semabar. Yeah, okay, I was a footballer, and I'm not a footballer now, and that's actually okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm all right now. You know what I mean? Like, and now I'm at that stage now where I need to find another identity, whatever that may be. Yeah. Nobody's bulletproof, mate. Yeah, you? I've got bulletproof on these. Like, <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> so we've had a lot of lads on speaking about this type of thing. Yeah, like with Clark Carlisle and stuff. But this it's the most I've related to how I've felt. Yeah, you know what you what you yeah. just said. It's recognising it as well because I'm sure there's been a lot of times when you're thinking and you you've you, you've got to it's recognising when you're going through it and what you're going through. I mean, like, and, and you know what people say to me all the time, like, when I've spoke to lads and I've seen lads that retired, like, yeah, I'm sand, I'm sand, I'm thinking, you're not sand, mm-hmm. you're not, I know you're not, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that I stigma un- hasn't gone. The stigma. I know we talk, it's a lot better than what it was, but yeah. the stigma's still there. Even, even you know what, the, the even Those like, two years, sorry, those two years that you spent feeling like that, there's still a long way to go where people are willing to talk about it before that even kicks in, yeah. or in those early stages of it yeah. kicking in. That's why I think should you have to pick up the phone after two years? Is should it be something there that when you finish they go right, go and speak to him. Yeah. You've got an appointment there. Go and, go and speak. It, to it him. can help you from the start. But yeah. you know what? I think if you've got, I think if you've got something, say for instance, if you if like you said you you knew when you're at a retire your body was falling to pieces, you kind of know. If you start getting things in place, then I think the transition's a lot easier. With myself, I was a football player. Monday, Tuesday, I was retired, so it was like I didn't yeah. have nothing in place. I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. I was just going for the checkup, and it was like it all just come at once. So I couldn't have time to adjust to anything. I think if you've got time to adjust, then you 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 plan for your retirement. I think that'll help a lot. Also, the money situation. If you're playing in the Premier League for twenty years and you're a multi-millionaire, I'm telling you now, if I retire, I'm. I'm Retiring in another country and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. You know Even what I mean? then, no, mate. There's still people doing that. Yeah, I, I, I still do think. I, 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 you do struggle, but it it does you've open got a up. Different a, you've not got a, a monetary struggle, have you? Yeah, mm. it's not. It's not a fact. You think about it. It's a lot of the times when you, especially when you're coming to the end of the football, you you start thinking financially a lot more. Whether you've got properties, whatever you've got, you're thinking right. Am I going to cover all this? You know what I mean? It's easy covering it with your football. You don't think about it. And when you come to an end, you've been earning fortunes over the years. It's, a, it's just a weight off your shoulder that you don't really have to think about. Yeah. I suppose when you've not played at that level, that's just that. an extra weight in it, the, yeah. the financial the weight. The financial of, things. Because you'd accumulate a lot of, I'm say a lot of debt, but yeah, there can be a lot of debt over the years. Whether you're getting like, 
whether it's properties or whether you're investing in stuff and like I said the money comes and goes but like me I'm I'm okay I'm fortunate with my houses but a lot of people they wouldn't have been as fortunate as me and they're coming out the game and the money stops and it's like now I've got a mortgage I've got mm. three kids at home what am I gonna do now and like and you've got that worry as well you've got that worry yeah. and then you've got to then you getting your coaching badges then you've got to go and try and find a job and it's all who you know so you'll be the best coach in the world but it doesn't mean to say you're gonna get a job and while you're doing this your head's still up your ass you well. still heads up still your ass you're still scrambling you know what I mean you're still you're still all over the place supposedly a lifestyle drop yeah that's Makes exactly what it is as well you know if you're used to live in a certain way it's like what i said before mm-hmm. about um the liverpool and rotherham situation yeah i went from liverpool to getting saunas and massages to fucking standing in shit like three days later <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like seriously and it, it was that it was that lifestyle change that dip it was like i couldn't come to terms with it, it affected me so much and it's the same when you retire it's like you've got the the You've got the luxuries of being with your mates every day, crack and jokes. You're not worrying about bills. You're not worrying about. You're not worry. You do not worry about a thing when you're playing football, other than your f- your performances and your you training out. and yeah, your occasional nights out. You don't worry. <laughs> honest to God, you don't worry about a thing. And then when it, it's like you're retiring, and the next thing you just fucking it's a shitstorm. I'm telling you. I suppose it's conditioning, really, isn't it? Your heart is wiped for you, and then it's welcome to the real world. Yeah, exactly. very much. To put it crudely, there should there should be some. So you should get so, so like a certain. Even if you just some even if you drop just the option to go and speak to somebody. Mm. As soon as you retire, right, you can go and have six sessions with somebody. If you no, that's the thing. You can. It's there for you. Mm. You just have but to you've do got it. to you've pick got up the phone and say yeah. I need to speak to somebody. When that's the hardest thing to do. That that is the hardest part. Getting people to actually want to go and mm. and get the help straight away. Like I said, a lot of people may not think that they need it, but. I tell you now, if you've retired in football, you've gone through something at some stage. You can't. There's nobody that can tell me any difference. Good stuff, lads. I tell you what, we will ask before we finish because we've asked it a few times. We talked about these nights out. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note, you've got you, you can choose five players. Yeah. That you've played with mm-hmm. for your night out. For me, night out. Yeah. Wet Republic. Will we take Bra- the Wet Republic? I'd have to say Brownie. Yeah, so he's got to be in there. Brownie. Disappointed. Brownie would be in the top five. Brownie would be in there. No one else would be in there. Gary Doch. Yes. <laughs> Gary Doch. He's my captain. Gary Doch. <laughs> he had the worst dance moves like when he was hilarious. I'd have to put Mel's in there, you know. Not my Mel's on a nice. Just house. for a sensible option. Yeah, yeah just he's he's sits the there with his legs <laughs> <laughs> Look after the drinks, send him the bar and that. He's decent. Um, how many man there? Three. Casey. Should have mentioned Casey. Yeah, Casey's the man. I've had a couple of nights that he's a bomb, yeah. bomb scare for me. He's a bomb scare. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed I've picked up bomb scares? Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Who else would they have with me? Oh, you know what? I've had so many good nights out and holidays. I probably have. Chaddy's got. Luke Chadwick Chadwick's coming on next week Chadwick was. Semi's top five, not yours. All right, come with me next week. You know what? I don't, I don't think I had many nights out with Chaddy. I'd probably say. I'd like to say Sedgy. Sedgy was a member when you nearly killed him in Nail. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about it, we? Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. You nearly, I was there. Oh, yeah. I was standing behind Sedgy laughing. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, was it you that done the buttons? <laughs> no. 
What do you mean? Because the reason he was fuming with me because someone kept on doing his press studs on his shirt. Yeah, it was you. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. You kept leaning over and doing something to yourself, and I was going as brownie. That's the thing. It wasn't me. I think that's why I had a head loss. Me. I just remember seeing Tommy Miller and Sergi on his back like a turtle, like that. And Brownie standing over him. Chuck's I was lamp. like, what happened there? But he went, he was getting on my nerves. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> no, he ripped my t-shirt. I had a V-neck on him. Oh, ripped it, it down to me flipping Yeah, that was ball it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, yeah, I'd have Sergi, Brownie, Mella, Casey. Who else have I missed out there? Gary Dock. Gary Dock. Gary Dock. He's my little squad. Hey, come on in, what? I've asked him a couple of times, but... He nearly so went to San Jose, didn't he? When Hooks yeah. was out there. But... He's up there. Yeah. Oh, he's quality docs, man. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> he got his hair done, didn't he? Yeah, before Vegas, and he just fell slight for him. We went to Vegas, and he's like, I'm getting my hair done before Vegas. He thought he had a full head of hair, and he went to Vegas with a bald head and a scar. <laughs> a what? A scar? A scar. Yeah. Looked like he'd been hit in the back of the head with an axe. Yeah. He <laughs> had to keep a hat on, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he was like, I need, I need, why have I got a hat on? I need a, a reason. He's right. I'm going to be a Formula One driver. <laughs> that, that was, that was in LA. That was in a, I wasn't there then. I was in a, LA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be a Formula One yeah, driver. That, that was the story. That yeah. Where the Formula One drivers all wear hats. Must have. Lewis Hamilton does, doesn't he? And he'd been better with golf, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. when he had come out in full suit and white gloves on. What? It's warm Shaft with that Republican fucking Renault uh, outfit. Do you still speak to Shaft now? Nah. No. Fell off the face of the earth. Lincoln. Is he at Lincoln? Yeah. Well, cheers, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.